Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday show. It's been a while. <laughs> My name is James Chan. Hey, I'm Ultra David. Wow. It's amazing to be back in your apartment, James. As everybody can see, here I am in James's house. That's right. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh... For sure. You know it's what? been a few weeks, right? We took two weeks off. Yes. Uh, we'll talk about it briefly, but we have been gone for a while. So yeah. as a result, there's going to be a lot to talk about tonight. You know what the funniest thing is? Is sitting there watching that uh, that title video that we have over there. Like, my hair is so short in those videos. <laughs> I haven't seen myself with short hair in so long. <laughs> All right, hold on a second. Oh my god. <laughs> that oh geez oh. <laughs> personally i like it i mean I, it needs a, it needs a shape of course it's a little bit too wild but i'm looking forward to my wife teaching me how to braid my hair braid your hair <laughs> that's the goal my wife's got to teach me how to braid my hair now she refuses to but that's my long-term goal i'm waiting for at least long enough that uh i can do like the samurai man bun kind of thing dude so because okay yeah i that, like it there you go so that way i could look i can just say i'm inspired by toshiro mifune or something like that <laughs> i think that sounds amazing james <laughs> uh, all right so like we said it has been a little while Two weeks ago, we were going to do the show and decided not to. It was Blackout Tuesday. It was Blackout Tuesday. There were way more important things going on. Yes. And then last week, we were going to do the show, and I actually, like, broke my body, uh, <laughs> it, which was a bummer. So I had physical therapy, first time in three months because of social distancing and so forth. I hadn't been there in a long time. I thought I was maintaining myself well, and I went there... And we did the normal stuff that we always do, and my body just wasn't used to it. And uh, I got blown up super badly. Uh, my lower back went numb. I couldn't get up from the ground for a while. Ugh. And it was so gnarly that when they gave me a heating pad to try to, like, you know, get my body to calm down a little bit, I didn't realize, because I couldn't feel it, that it was actually up against my bare skin instead of uh, up against my T-shirt. And I ended up burning my back. I had a burn blister that actually just popped yesterday so you're welcome everybody for that information uh today i am feeling a lot better though ah, thank you for that no, information oh god okay um yeah well i mean for last week uh for me personally i just i've just been kind of in a bummer mood for a long time obviously just you know video games and stuff just haven't felt that important in the last two yeah. weeks you know so Blackout Tuesday, and then last week, you know, we had talked about you, maybe me trying to do the show with like a get with a guest host or something, and I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't muster up the strength to do it. So I was just like, you know, it felt like I lost my gym buddy, you know. So I was just like, you know what, I'm not, I'm not, I'm just not gonna do this. So, uh, but obviously, totally, totally. you know, the the country has been going through a lot of crazy things here, uh, you know, uh, with all of the. You know, police brutality and the, you know, black people in the United States being, you know, just constantly killed by police and everything. And, you know, the Black Black Lives Matter rally that's been going around, you know, throughout the world now. It's not even just the United States, but like the whole world has been uh, joining 
you know, along in these protests. And, you know, it's been exciting to see that, you know, we are starting to make a lot of progress. Things are starting to actually kind of take and, you know, the media is trying not to cover it as much, make it feel like it's not going on as much. But all the rallies and all the protests are continuing far more peacefully now that the police are not involved. But, you know, I have to say, you know, one of the things that has been impressive to me is, you know, despite your physical ailments and all, you know, and all that, you've still managed to go out and do protesting yourself, oh. right? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my wife and I have both both been out there. We are very lucky with where we live. We live in Hollywood, and the protests have been huge, literally three blocks from where we live. So it's been no trouble at all. In fact, it's been... One of my friends the other day asked me, like, hey, David, like, how do you find out when these protests are going on? I'd like to know in advance so that I can drive over. And I was like, I actually have no idea. I just hear the protest outside my window. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's going on. Okay. And I hop out and I hang out, right? Oh, dang. Um, okay. Okay. It's like right there. Uh, so, so for me, that's easy. But you're right that it's been a very unusual couple of weeks. And I think something that illustrates that maybe well, as far as how much more important the world has been than fighting games is that when we were talking about which topics to do for the show today, you said, well, we have to cover the Street Fighter V Season 5. And my response was, what do you mean? <laughs> I thought you were mixing... I thought your like memory was funky. Right. I was like, what, what's James talking about? And you were like, oh, yeah, you know, the announcement of like Street Fighter V Season 5. And I was like, I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> and I had to actually Google it and discover that... On, I believe it was May 27th, there was a an announcement. And now that I have thought about it, like, I half remember it happening and commenting about it on Twitter. And, but in my, in my mind, it just was so unimportant comparatively that I had completely forgotten about right. it. Right. Com- it just seemed like it didn't even ever happen. See, I mean, the proof of that is that, it, remember, it's Street Fighter Season V. <laughs> I think that's what it really is, but yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we've we've been out there. uh, It's been important to us. I mean, I've been, I've realized uh, earlier this year that I've been going to protests for 20 years. Yikes. Uh, Since I was 17, my first protest was a Rage Against the Machine concert that turned into a riot, thanks to the cops starting to throw uh, stuff at the crowd. Um, At the outside of the Democratic National Convention in Los Angeles in the year 2000, yeah. Uh, I was a youth delegate to the Democratic National Convention that year, and we were, like, invited to do a lot of cool stuff. I met Al Gore and his campaign manager. Okay. It was super cool. Uh, but I mean, but wait, hang on a second. The- hang on a second. I just want to ask, that was during the time when, you know, Rage Against the Machine wasn't being very political, right? I mean, that was, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so we snuck away from meeting, like, whatever Democratic Party person. I don't even know didn't matter to me because we could go do a rage concert that was like just right outside so we mm. went and anyway it was sick but for 20 years um and it's it's been important to me always to not just sort of uh think about stuff but to act on stuff so if there's something that i really feel strongly about i try not to just you know feel strongly about it i want to do some things right. about it and so yeah i've been going out there i mean i haven't in any way been an organizer in any sense right like i said i literally hop out there when i hear it um and it's been really great to see the people who have organized it, uh, at least in Los Angeles, my only experience with it, because it's where I live. It's been very uh, peaceful. It's been very 
diverse, extremely diverse crowds, uh, largely led, I would say, by women is is my experience of it so mm -hmm. far, and and black women in particular is is what I've seen, um, which has been great to see. And uh, yesterday, two days ago, there was a Pride slash Black Lives Matter march in in L.A. that was uh, you know even more diverse. Uh, so it was it's been really really great to see. Uh, we did get the looting. So so a couple of days, maybe the first or second night of protesting, um, there was looting just uh, literally across the street from us. I watched oh, it dang. happen. Um, we were watching it, and then some kids, I mean teenagers or early 20s or something, came in uh, down our street. They had just broken into the coffee shop on the corner, and we saw them, you know, and, and one of the kids and this guy who lives in a building with us, uh, we talked with them, and because there he was chomping on a, a new bag of potato chips. Oh uh, Jesus! And we were like, "Hey, how how's it going?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, it's fine. There wasn't anything in there. No big deal." And then, as as he's talking, uh, we see another one of the kids figure out that he could just pull off a board on a shoe store that's across the street from where we live. Pulled off the board, broke in, and all of a sudden the kid was like, "Oh, have a good night." <laughs> Gotta go inside and steal some shoes. Oh, but he no. literally said, "He literally said, have a good night.'" Uh, and then he and then he waltzed over. So we we did get that, but that was really just the first couple of nights. And then after that, for the last two weeks, it's been peaceful and and really great. Yeah, I mean, one of the interesting things was, uh, you know, I, I live very close to the freeway, and I have a ceiling, I have a roof deck. And uh, during the course of the last two weeks, right when they brought in the National Guard, I actually walked to my roof and uh, um, I saw all of the military vehicles driving in to go to 3rd Street Promenade. And so yeah. I just saw this giant like line of just military vehicles and everything coming down the freeway. And it was pretty crazy, actually. It was kind of a scary thing to see. Um, yeah, we saw the same thing right, right in front of our yeah. street. And then on a couple of the marches that I've been on, uh, there have been cops and there have been National Guard, and the National Guard especially has had their gigantic guns because they're just they don't have non-lethal stuff. That's not the right, point of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, it's all it's all been okay, at I least mean, for me. Your experiences were that the National Guard were far more like friendly and cooperative. Yeah, they were they were really chilled. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as we were marching by them. There was a guy who was giving like elbow fives and oh, a couple of them were cheering for us and oh, one of them was okay. like clapping and you know others weren't doing that but like nobody had any no there's no feeling of negativity or hostility okay. at all okay. among them uh, again at just at least in our area and i know that la has actually had it relatively easy compared to some cities some yeah. cities are still dealing with uh very aggressive policing right. or, or national guard work so yeah. You know, luckily where we are, we are, it hasn't been so bad. Yeah, because it's very interesting, you know, uh, obviously, you know, you know, my roommate is Olaf and, you know, he was in the army at one point. So, you know, I've had a lot of interesting conversations with him about the situation and everything. And yeah, you know, obviously the National Guard, the military, the army, they have different amounts of training and, you know, uh, sure. Uh, more than obviously like police where they say it was like 110 hours of training and like only like eight hours of de-escalation or something like that. Yeah, I think that varies by, by place, but yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, obviously... So it, it, has, it has been going better. Uh, there are 
again, at least locally for us, there have been some positive changes. For example, today it was announced that the LA City Council is going to propose a rule that would make it so that uh, in nonviolent situations, police wouldn't have to show up. Instead, there'd be people yeah. like mental health professionals or, or homeless uh, care mm-hmm. professionals or uh, de-escalation professionals, like people who are specially trained in that sort of stuff but won't be carrying weapons. And right. you know, if there's a violent thing, then they, there's still going to be the cops right. or whatever they're, they will be called that will have that kind of force available, that just will not be the first step anymore. That's yeah. just a proposal. Hopefully it passes. You know, we'll see how it goes. I, it, the craziest yeah, thing the craziest thing about it right now is that, you know, there's the abolish the p- police, defund the police kind of stuff going around. And, you know, I feel like a lot of the wording choice is very poor because a lot of people are feeling like that just means let's eliminate all law enforcement. But, you know, it's not yeah. not quite the way it is, but... You know, those were not focus-tested ideas. Those are <laughs> ideas that come out of like a, a long-standing leftist sort of uh, situation where yeah. that was just how you talk about stuff. Um, you know, on the other hand, like having the whole spiel is not that easy at hand either, right? Mm-hmm. You don't mean you're going to defund police. Into, what, what you mean, or you don't mean you're going to get rid of law enforcement. What you mean is you're going to be replacing some aspects of the police with other professional community and social <laughs> development folks. And, you know, it's just a longer conversation. Right, so, exactly. I so, mean, the, the, the point of it, I'm fine with the idea, certainly. I, if it had originally been called, like, replace police, maybe better. But on the you other know hand, what? like, I don't you know, think it's... The word they should have used is, they should have used the word that's very much in all of the pop culture vernacular. They should say, reboot the police. <laughs> reboot. Yeah. reboot the police you know like when franchises get rebooted in movies and everything yep, yep. like that uh, no it's just they weren't thinking about that stuff yeah but uh anyway places are still having problems for sure uh luckily we're not in a place that's not <laughs> or we're not in a place that is the a- sajam says hd remaster there you go <laughs> hd remaster the police i like it or maybe uh, roll uh, roll back higher, the, roll back the police <laughs> Roll back the plate. Oh, okay. right. <laughs> oh, good shit. Um, oh man. I mean, look. The heavy-handed defunding. Yeah. HD. I mean, obviously, you know, it's still a very serious topic. The, the The momentum hasn't gone down, and even though I can be a little more jovial about it and everything, you know, it's it's still an issue. We just had like what four lynchings recently. There's been reports of several black people that have gone missing uh, in their areas recently. And so this problem is not over by any stretch of the imagination. We're, we're still going through a lot of this. And again, you know, a lot of people, you know, I've already seen some people in the chat saying like, can we, you know, stop talking about black lives matter kind of thing. But here's the thing about it. That's the privilege that we have is that if we chose to, we could be like, all right, let's not talk about it and move on. Whereas every black person in the United States can't stop thinking about it. It's their everyday life. The only way we can get to a point where we stop thinking about it is when black people can stop thinking about it. And we're not even close to that yet. So this is a topic that's got to keep going on and we got to keep talking about it. And it's something that we have to keep pushing for. I mean, you talked about how you feel like you have to act on it. You know, for me, it was kind of an interesting situation because I was kind of, uh, scared to talk about it in a way, you know, because of the, 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 the social aspect of it, the social media aspect of it. I've already been, you know, attacked for various reasons recently 
and so I was kind of like nervous to say anything about it, but having talked with some of the black members in the FGC, you know, I was able to help, they were able to help me find my voice, and I finally just kind of, you know, uh, really just, you know, got behind it and talked about it a lot and have really been, you know, making sure that it's a topic that people understand. I know I've been putting it on my Twitter a lot. I'm sure, you know, I, I'm sure that cost me a ton of followers, but it doesn't even matter because yeah. it doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter. And I, I wanted to use my voice for something positive while I, I, I personally just, I'm not, I'm introverted. I'm also kind of like, you know, not the kind of person that goes out to do protests and stuff like that, but you know, if I can use the audience and my voice and everything like that to try to spread the awareness as much as possible, I feel like that's the best I'm going to be able to do for now. I do think it's worthwhile to not be, uh, to not feel as if you need to constantly engage in the worst of this. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I do, I do think that it's worthwhile to have something that you do. I mean, we're all gamers. Obviously, that's why you're watching this channel mm-hmm. uh, or you're even on Twitch in the first place. So I think that that's valuable, but I also think that it's extremely important to not let that take over, to not let that feeling of wanting to escape take over, and Mm. instead to realize that, you know, you should take off time now and then, but very important is to continue to do the work and and try to make the actual change and not to disengage completely with the world. That is just not, it's not going to work for you and it's not going to work for any of us. Right. Change is going to happen through discomfort. That's how you grow as a person. Discomfort is how you grow in, 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 in every way, shape, or form, you know. Yeah. Even if you want to go to the gym and work out, it's you know, you're gonna be in pain the next day and okay. such, but you'll get stronger from it. So, you know, if it's a subject that you don't like talking about or bothers you, ask yourself why it bothers you. Ask you ask yourself why you don't wanna hear about it anymore. Is it because deep down inside there's a little bit of guilt? Is it deep down inside because you're actually just a racist, you know? You know, like there's it's, it's, there's a lot of things to think about there. You know, for me, you know, I used to have discomfort talking about this and, you know, I thought about it and I came to grips with it. And now, you know, I don't feel uncomfortable talking about it. I feel like this is a conversation that needs to happen, especially because, you know, I mean, honestly, the FGC has done so much to educate me in diversity, you know, Same because, for me. because we are so diverse in the FGC and you know, I talked about this uh, on Twitter, you know, there was a tweet that was going around that was like, here's the prominent members of the black, you know, the black FGC. And I actually really disliked that tweet because it was like pointing out a few people. And I just sat there and thought about it. And I was like, you know what, if you wanted to point out all the significant black members in the fighting game community, we would be here all day. Because there's just uh, might be, might be worth doing that. so many of them. And, you know, that list, you know, I talked with uh, some people and they were saying, like, you know, a lot of people are like, why aren't I on that list? You know, and I mean, right, right, right. some of the most important people in our community, you know, for example, like Tom and Tony Cannon. Right. I mean, like Tom yeah. and Tony Cannon, uh, you know, Larry, you know, Shin Blanca, Larry Dixon mm-hmm. and even Big E. Right, four of the longest-term TOs that we have in the fighting game community, you know, yep. are black members of the fighting game community. 
how many of our top players in Europe and in America, you know, are are black FGC members and a right. lot of our commentators and everything? There's just so many people, even a lot of people behind the scenes, right? Like, uh, you know, um, bodied, uh, what is it, bodied novel? I think it is who does the unsung heroes on on toptier.gg. You know, oh, was, right, yeah, yeah. I was asking for uh, unsung heroes, and I mentioned Capwan to him yeah, because sure. Capwan is like at every event and nobody knows about him but you know like he's doing amazing work for the FGC all the time and nobody ever talks about him I don't think he gets the credit that he deserves you know and right. there's just so many people in the FGC uh, the black FGC that I feel like trying to highlight them makes it feel like all those other communities that are like hey look we have black people in our community too whereas like I swear the FGC it's just part of our bloodline you know it's that's that is the fgc and it, it is it is for sure but i do think that it's valuable to still do that yeah. and even if it would take a long time i think that'd be valuable to do mm-hmm. I, I just there's I, I think that it's it's worth highlighting to everybody that you know, black folks in the fgc have been extremely important the entire time mm-hmm. continue to be so uh and you know, if you if you feel like it would take too like it would take a very long time to highlight everybody and that and that you sort of are dissuaded uh, as a result from that, I think I think I would say it's the opposite. I think that that's the fact that right. there are so many people would make it a, a good idea to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's not that I don't want to highlight anybody as no, a I... result, but it's just like I just. I get it. It's there's this this it feels very cherry picked. You know what I mean? Like here's the here's the let's pick these people. But you know the discussion needs to be bigger than that. The discussion okay. has to be bigger than that than just saying, hey, look, here's the black members of our FGC that are prominent. Like. I want to talk about the history of blacks in the fighting game community. I want to talk about how they were pretty much there and how, you know, if we, if we, you know, if somehow magically all the black members of the FGC disappeared, I feel like in the Western Hemisphere, in the U.S. and the EU, our scene would just basically be gone. <laughs> like, I, I just feel oh, yeah. like... It would, it would not be... It would be much, much smaller and much worse off, of course. Yeah, and, and we would be so completely insignificant, I think. You know, I feel like even right now, you know, if you count in the Western Hemisphere, if you wanted to make a list of the significant, like, Asian contributors to the fighting game community, that would be quicker <laughs> than listing the significant black members of the fighting game community, you yeah, know? Probably. Yeah, so. <sighs> yep, and um, I went through, <laughs> somebody was joking about this on Twitter, and I actually looked it up, and I found, I think it was six white people who have been in EVO Grand Finals <laughs> in, across all the games across the last two decades well, I, mean, I don't know there's 80 or 100 Grand Finals like in total it's like almost nobody uh, right. so comparatively speaking <laughs> I mean so somebody uh, in the chat is obviously asking so why don't we get someone to talk about the history of black people in the fighting game community because it's going to be disparate depending on who you're talking to right there's not one expert in that field that we're going to be able to pull in here to talk about it. But, you know, I'm more than happy. Uh, there's been a couple of times that, you know, last week I wanted to bring on, you know, 
when we didn't do the show, obviously, but there are people that I want yeah. to bring on, you know, to talk about this topic. Uh, I figured this week would be something that we just needed to catch up on a lot of news because we've been gone for two weeks. But yeah, yeah. I'm absolutely down to bring someone on next week. 100%. That is the plan. 100%. That's, that's the plan. Yeah. I've, I've already reached out to a few people about next week, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do it then. Let's bring up a bunch of them. Let's bring absolutely. a bunch of them there. We're going to get a bunch of our friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, um, two of the most important weeks in United States history. I think I... Think I Really believe that. Well, three at this point. Uh, I would mm-hmm. say this is the beginning of the third week. Um, it, most important in U.S. history for sure. Like, the, like this is one of those short periods of times that people will talk about in a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're living through it. Yeah, it's probably not just going to be two, three weeks, right? I think oh, yeah. many of us expect that this will go on for a long time. But this this period of time, right, is I mean- one of those, and you're living through it. So that's. It's tough, right? The classic curse is may you inter- live in interesting times. Yes. And we are. But at the same time, it, you know, maybe our generation will finally be the first to see significant change in many of these things that people for hundreds of years have been fighting for. We can, we can hope. This is, this is, in my view, this is that stage in a revolution where it's early and people are very optimistic. And categorically in revolutions, there are then things that go backwards mm-hmm. or that are co-opted or that it turns in a different direction and you just can't predict how it's going to go. Uh, so I don't know where it's going to end up, but what, whatever it's going to end yeah. up as is going to be extremely important. And it's it's going to be a tough situation too because we've already seen you know, the spikes in the COVID cases thanks to all the premature reopenings. And now yeah. with you know, obviously the riots and the protests and everything and the, and the rebellions going on everywhere... Uh, unfortunately, the downside of that whole entire situation is that we're going to see an even greater spike at this point. And again, you know, it just goes yeah. back down to the government again, just not caring about all these people dying, you know. And it's just one of those things that hopefully we can all try our best to take care of each other. So, Just before we move off of this topic, yeah, as High Fight mentions, Polygon published an article that was about uh, black folks in the FGC doing so much important stuff um and in some ways i thought that it was a nicely done article uh in other ways uh they left a lot of people out yeah and and not just not just in the sense that you where you mentioned that there's just so many individual people but there was there were no women involved uh yeah. there's you know important uh trans members of the fgc who are black as well mm-hmm. yeah it would have been great to have to have more representation for sure um one thing that's been very encouraging again just from our experience here in los angeles is that like i said the the protests and the Black Lives Matter movement and, and all the sort of little spinoffs in, in here, in, in this area at least, have been very keen on making sure that they are highlighting the women mm-hmm. and uh, LGBTQ uh, members of the community as well. And so, like, as we're marching around there chanting, you know, somebody will say, say his name, and you yell George Floyd, and somebody says, say her name, and you say Breonna Taylor, and there's... And there's any number of different callbacks with the way too long of a list of people who yeah. have been killed, uh, and they're they're really intentionally trying to make it so that it's you know covering different different parts of the community and not just black men. And, and the so. worst thing about it too is that right now you know just just to add uh, just one more topic I kind of want to talk about this is that obviously there's a lot of great people out there with you know inspiring words and everything like that, but 
you know, we are in dangerous times right now that I, I know I just watched a video of one uh, black woman who, you know, gave a very impassioned speech and a few days later she was found dead, you know, and we have to be careful of those kind of situations as well. Um, when you do have people protesting, when you do take photos, make sure that you, uh, you know, blur out the faces and, and, and make sure that these people are protected in a lot of ways, too. I mean, there was the guy who filmed uh, the Eric Garner choking, and he just got released from prison. And in, in some way, I actually feel like he's in more danger now, you know, than he was when he was in prison. I, I'm, I'm actually legit kind of scared uh, in that situation. So, you know, uh, have a little caution in, in those kind of situations. We're not trying to put targets on anybody, but... You know, definitely, you know, highlight the heroes and the and the and the leaders out there. But, you know, be careful not to, you know, like I said, put the targets on their back and such. For sure. Oh, uh, OK. All right, man. Anything else to say here for now? Uh, just Black Lives Matter. And uh, again, if it's one of those things that makes you feel uncomfortable to keep talking about it, to keep thinking about it, that's the point. And really ask yourself what it is about it that makes you feel uncomfortable or that you're tired of hearing it. Think about that aspect the most and come to terms with why you feel that way. That's what needs to happen. That's what we all need to do is, is if it does make you feel... Un if, you're, if you're not for it, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, really ask yourself why. Really, really ask yourself why. On our Patreon, we put up articles every Friday. People haven't seen that. The one that I put up last was about how the fighting game community uh, helped me, you know, actually get more a more diverse mm -hmm. friend group, including many black friends, um, that I just didn't have growing up. And yeah. what made me think of it is, is when you said that this makes people feel uncomfortable and ask yourselves why. I'm sure that I wouldn't have felt the same way 25 years ago oh, I've yeah, always yeah. been a giant leftist alright I was in a <laughs> I was in a rage concert 20 years ago that turned into a riot alright but at the same time I come from an area and a place and a time where uh, it was very uh, white and segregated and this is in Southern California right I'm, I didn't grow up in the deep south I, I, but I definitely grew up in a de facto segregated suburb um, and and having more friends and talking with them more about it uh, has been extremely important for me in, um, you know, getting a, a broader view on life and, and taking my friends' issues seriously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, all of us have been programmed by societal norms to be yeah. partially racist, subconsciously yeah. racist. You know, for sure, and, it's it's this is a this is a lifelong thing to work against. Yeah, and so we have to do our best to deprogram ourselves. I mean, I, I mean, you know, again, I I, cer I certainly had black friends, but it was much rarer in my class in high school of maybe four hundred people. I think there were five black kids. I mean, yeah. seriously, very very few. Going to school at Berkeley and Georgetown and UCLA made that very different for me. But what was even more important for sure was was the fighting game community. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, shout out to the FGC. Uh, you ready to move on to the next one for now? Yeah, let's move on to the topic that uh, you weren't even aware of <laughs> or you had forgotten about. <laughs> Definitely forgotten about this next topic, yeah. 
it just somehow completely skipped my mind. I don't know what to say. Uh, so we're going to talk about Street Fighter V Season V, as you want to point out. Mm -hmm. Season V. And that was announced at this point a few weeks ago. So we know only a couple things about it. One is that it will have five new characters. And another is that it will have three new stages. Yep. And I think that's it. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they could sneak in some new system or everything like that. I mean, I have no, some... Right. But we know at a minimum that that will be in there. Right. And I so, think that's all we know. Someone snuck, you know, told me that maybe they... Thinking that they might try to sneak in a second critical art, you know, <laughs> for every character. Uh, but... I, okay, alright. So, what do you think? Oh, right? What do you think about there being a new season with five new characters and three new stages at minimum. I mean, I, I think obviously, I mean, we've kind of talked about this. I've hit on this myself that I, I feel like getting to what, 45 characters might be a little too much at this point because there's so many characters, but at the same time, they've done such interesting things with the most recent, like five characters that they've added that, you know, part of me is actually kind of excited to see what they could do with some new characters that they add in there. Because if they can be as fun as, you know, like Poison and, and yes, Honda and uh, <laughs> Lucia and Seth, you know, if they and Gil, if they can make them as interesting as those characters, you know, I'm kind of excited for that. But the question really comes down to, is there going to be any brand new characters? Are there going to be all returning characters? Because at this point... If Capcom puts new characters in there, that's taking up slots for potential returning characters, and there's so many characters that everybody wants back that they're all mad about, that they aren't in the game, and so, you know, maybe they should just do five returning characters to try to placate as many people as possible. I think that makes sense. It doesn't super matter to me. My primary feeling is that I kind of wish this wasn't happening. I'll be frank. I would rather, mm -hmm. I am on the side of, I'd rather not there be five more characters. Right. Mm -hmm. 40 is great. I don't need 45. <laughs> more, more than that, I'd rather not have to learn 45, all right? Mm -hmm. I'm already at the point where I'm just like, let me play this game. I really like it. It's one of my favorites. I am having a blast. I don't need there to be changes. I could happily play this game for the next five years minimum. Right. Like, I would be stoked. So I just don't need it or want it. All right, it's happening. So as far as which five I want, that's not super important to me in terms of the characters themselves. What I would like to see is maybe the few like archetypes or, or character styles that they just haven't really had yet. Mm. Um, for whatever reason, there's not like a true Rekka character, right? Like Karen's is hidden behind V-Trigger. You know, and it's barely a Rekka anyway. So. <laughs> and it's barely a Rekka anyway, yeah. yeah. So stuff like that, I think they could explore a little bit more. I would love to have... A, a couple of weirdos, right? I mean, that's that's what I enjoy. Mm -hmm. I don't need it to be twelve, okay? But I'd like. I think it's cool if, if we had like an air dasher kind of weird distance, but also air dashy wants to throw you up close character like twelve and third strike. Who didn't suck? Right. I think that would be great. But whether that's like, I don't need twelve to be back, but you know, some kind of style like that. Right. Oro might be cool. He's got a very unique style. I could see Viper being interesting in the context of SF5. They'd probably change her in some ways, right. but that's fine with me as well. 
So I feel like I'm pretty open in terms of which characters get in there. I just want there to be styles that aren't already in the game. Yeah. The, the way, I mean, I did a whole stream on it. That, I think that was like the last mainstream I did before my weird little two-week hiatus where I just went through the entire list of all Street Fighter characters that have ever been in a Street Fighter game, ripped them all out, and I ended up with the five that I chose, which was, uh, I want Sodom in there, you know, right. obviously for completion. Uh, but if he hasn't gotten in there yet, somehow I doubt he's going to make it in there at all, but I can have my fingers crossed, but I think it would be really he cool. He has a model in the game. Yeah, and I feel like it would be really cool if they either made him the, you know, ranged hopping kind of grappler character, or just make him so that he's all about charging into you and running you over like he was in the original Final Fight. Uh, the other the, the other characters that I picked are kind of little uh, oddball choices here. So I said, you know, they might bring DeCapre back because she has a whole model okay. and you fight her and all that stuff like that. I would rather see them bring Julie and Junie back to complete the alpha arc, but I would make them one character. I would make them one character so that, you know, every time you do the special move, it's actually calling in the other person and you switch. So instead of being a stance character, like... Because stance characters, you 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 have to you can stay in one stance and they're kind of like a different character. But I would make it literally that you have to keep switching between them constantly with different sets of normals, and I think that would be super fun. Uh, hey, I you want Arya in Street Fighter Five? Okay. Yeah, uh, essentially, uh, I would like to see Eagle in the game. Uh, I want to put Eagle in the game because. Actually, not even for gameplay. One, he, they could do a lot of really cool gameplay mechanics for him. But two, it would be nice to have an actually openly gay character in the game, not ambiguous like Zangief. And, you know, it would just be good to have Eagle in the game to be that representative. Don't make a big deal out of it. Don't make a bunch of dumb, you know, homophobic jokes or anything like that. But have a character who is just openly gay and in the game, you know, as a representation. I had no idea. I think that would be yeah. really cool. Uh, Lee from Street Fighter One, who was a uh, Yun and Yang's uncle uh, in the store in the lore, it says that he's learned drunken boxing. So I think it would be really cool to have a drunken fighter in, finally in Street Fighter. You know, his V skill would be him drinking. Like, can you imagine if he like had Yun Yang's dive kick only if he drinks like five times, but if he drinks ten times, if he dive kicks, he plants himself on the floor because he's too drunk or something. You know? Okay, that's think, funny. And then, uh, just because I think it's probably due, I would put Viper in there as well. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mention was Sean. He just wouldn't make sense because he's too young. But I would put him in there because I think it would be fun to have him pre-Shoto. He doesn't have any Shoto skills right now. So he would play purely through basketball moves. Like his hot burst would be a chess pass with basketballs and he would just like be chucking basketballs. Like, can you imagine if his uppercut dunk was actually him jumping up with the basketball and punching the basketball down and you see how it actually cool. transitioned into the Shoryuken that he has and everything. So those are the, those are the kind of ideas that I had that I, I, but again, he's too young. It wouldn't make any sense. So. Yeah, I feel like. I would expect Viper, I don't know, she's just such a popular character, and she was one of the few new ones in SF4 that, at least that people really liked, and yeah. hasn't come back yet. Uh, I, yeah. And so I'm more encouraged by the fact that this may be coming after they seem to be able to create cool characters. Because the last five have been great. Eth, Gil, Poison Honda, Lucia, great characters. 
interestingly designed, not overpowered, not underpowered, right? All, all unique in the context of SF5. So, you know, if they are going to keep that kind of effort, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I hope that they do. But I, again, primarily for me, I just want unique play styles. Yeah, I think Viper could, could do that. I really want an air dash kind of character. Anyway, I already, I already gave my bit, but I just want some new stuff. Yeah. And what about your three stages you want, James? <laughs> the stages? Uh, I mean, if they brought back old stages, I mean, they could do a lot of really interesting things, but I hadn't even really thought about that. I mean, while if they're bringing, if they're putting in three new stages, can we alter some of the older stages so like the plane doesn't actually like, you know, bend and turn and everything and make it so that the beach stops actually the waves don't come up and things? So I don't think we can, no. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, I think Birdie's chain is going to go through his body for the next hundred years they're not fixing any of that stuff dude all right so there you go sf5 season five how about that yeah oh yeah improve the netcode please yeah right, moving oh, on. god the netcode thing is like so frustrating Ugh. <laughs> all right moving on to the next little half of this thing here sure yeah playstation 5 as well so uh, PlayStation 5. There was a whole stream showing off a bunch of the games that are being worked on. Mm-hmm. And also showing the PlayStation 5 itself. Do you have a fancy pick available of that, by uh, chance? Uh, of the PlayStation 5? Yeah, maybe that we used as the intro slide yeah, for the show. Uh, here we go. I'm just going to go to the break screen over here. Oh, no, you can't see it on there. Okay, I'll go to the title screen. There you go. The PlayStation 5. There you go. Also- the PlayStation 5. There it is. <laughs> oh, man. Before we get to the games and whatnot, what do you think about the console itself? The design? Aesthetically. Uh, I mean, the one thing that I noticed, uh, someone mentioned to me that they felt like the disc tray was super small. So they were like, are they going to use a proprietary disc? And I was like, I just think the console is a big chonking console, and that's basically what it ended up being. That thing is freaking gigantic. And it's funny, I made a joke that on its side it looks like Tony Stark's house, and then I saw a meme about that, uh, exactly that, and I was like, there you go. Um, But yeah, that thing is gigantic, and that that part actually I'm not a fan of, but you know. The size of it. Yeah, it's got to have all the teraflops in there or whatever like that. So absolutely, it has to trace a lot of rays. Is my understanding of the technology? <laughs> it's it's not the. Uh, I mean, also another thing that you know, as a white console, you know, it's gonna get the dust is gonna be a lot grosser on that than it is on a black console, and That's we all true, know yeah. we all know our consoles gather dust, you know, because they just sit there. We don't wipe them all oh, a yeah. lot, you know. They just no. sit there. And so uh, I'm not a fan of that necessarily. I saw a mock-up of one that was made black with the blue lights, kind of like the older models, and it looks so pretty. <laughs> it looks really? so okay. beautiful. So, you know, maybe, hopefully they'll come out with multiple colors. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, Well, I'm actually fine with it, personally, how oh, yeah? it looks. Size doesn't really bug me. The looks don't really bug me. The primary reason for that is if I were to change this camera's angle to be a little bit in this direction uh-huh. you would see that my ps is just like behind a monitor like i don't ever look <laughs> at it and that this is in my office where i stream from and when i'm not streaming i just take it downstairs 
and downstairs I hide it underneath an end table next to our couch. Like, I never look at it. Right. Uh, you don't use and... consoles anymore, so... No, no, I mean, I, I was just playing Mortal Kombat. On oh, it, so I see. But you just never look never, at it, basically, is what you're saying. I just look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he needs to look at the console, right? I press... I grab my little uh, pad, wherever it is, and I press the button to turn it on. I don't even press... I'm not interfacing with the physical console almost at all. Right, okay. Um, okay. So it's not super important to me. That said, I understand that for many people that's not the case, right? Many people like to have their gaming consoles be more of a centerpiece. Uh, so for those people, that maybe is a bummer. Um, it's just not super important to me personally. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just worried about what... Yeah, it's got to have... It's got to trace a lot of rays, and that just... <laughs> look... That is just going to take a lot of space, right? Rays take up a certain amount of physical space in in reality. Yeah, that's the biggest concern. You just got to have room for all those rays. That's all. (laughs) Oh, man. But, I mean, again, look, they tried to say this at the beginning of the presentation. They're like, this is going to be one of the biggest jumps in console advancement technology that you'll have ever seen between generations and uh, I didn't feel that at all. Like, I just don't think that's possible anymore. I think we've gotten to a point right now where we're not going to be able to physically see the big difference. The difference is going to be maybe in what they can do with the AI and, you know, the Ratchet and Clank loading the different dimensions really fast mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But honestly, like, does it look that much better than the PS4? I mean, this is first-generation PS5 stuff that we're seeing. You know, yeah. they have better draw distance and all this stuff like that. But, again, it's like, obviously, the jump between Nintendo and Super Nintendo was, like, amazing, you know? And, and it'll never happen again. Yeah, and as ugly as, you know, PlayStation 1 is nowadays, you know, being able to do the 3D stuff was such a big deal back, sure. in, back in that time. And then, obviously, it looks so ugly that PS1 to PS2 was a huge improvement but since then, it's just, it hasn't really been much. And, you know, the thing that makes me happy, I saw you mention on Twitter as well, is that, you know, at least in this generation, it seems like they're trying harder to do more interesting artistic design than trying to make everything look so dang realistic, you know? Yeah, I think that's one benefit of the graphics not being pushed that much further in terms of, like, if you just, if you take a screenshot of it, right? Um, it's not pushed so much further uh, compared to how things have been relatively lately. There's a, little, there's a difference, but it's not as much as horror, like you said. So I, I think that, that that makes people not feel like they need to do the show-off of, wow, yeah. guess what? This human looks like a human now. Because <laughs> they have, more or less, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for quite a while at this, at this stage. It's not like wowing anybody that a human character looks like a human. So I, 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 yeah, the way it felt to me, just looking at the games that were there, was that people were more focused on actually having interesting art art styles and highlighting that or doing interesting things. I, I don't want to undersell the idea of the Ratchet and Clank extremely fast loading. I think that is really cool. And that could allow for different play styles, different game engines, you know, new mechanics people haven't used before. Um, you know, it's still possible to make new styles of games effectively mm-hmm. like battle royale is not not that old in terms of at least the giant modern style of it right mm-hmm. and that's because you just haven't for for so long had the capability of doing that right kind of but i mean the thing about it is battle royale i, I mean 
I don't know if you want to make more Battle Royale games because it's already been perfected with Tetris 99. I'm just saying. You Tetris 99 is the greatest. Absolutely <laughs> right. Uh, no, but, but maybe you can make new genres that we just aren't even yeah, thinking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, so I, I do think that there could be big new stuff. I'm happy that many of the games that were shown were more interested in making interesting art or like quirky stuff or like mm-hmm. weird stories. Like that I'm that's more what I'm yeah. into and I mean, I've seen from stuff in real, in recent years. Yeah, for uh, let's put it this way, the last time I can remember seeing a new game and being like this is crazy creative and like I really want to play this was like 15 years ago with like Katamari Damashi, you know? Like I saw that mm. and I was like, "Oh my god, this is wild. Like this is crazy." But you know, honestly, while this doesn't seem like maybe it might be something extremely new in the presentation, I mean, uh, probably no surprise to anybody, the game that stood out to me a lot was Stray. <laughs> Stray looks great. You know, I'm going to use a cat with a backpack and try to find out why the humans died or something like that. You know, like that, that game looks really cool. But again, you know, it seems like it might be a really nicely done game where, you know, the environment, it's about the environment. It's about the mood, the, the setting, you know, and you're a cat and you just walk around and just try to accomplish little things, but discover stuff, you know, I mean, obviously one of the best games of this year so far, or was it, yeah, it was this year, wasn't it? Or was it last year? Untitled Goose Game, like was amazing game, you know, oh, and <laughs> was that, was that last year? I can't remember now. I don't know, dude. I had to look up how many weeks it's been since we last did the stream because I feel like time just moves so strangely these days. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, The last time that I saw a new game and was convinced that there was no way that graphics could look any better than that was when Nintendo Power showed off screens of uh, Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time. (laughs) And I was just absolutely convinced that that was the height of graphics. There was no way to do any better than that. And ever since then, as I was probably 13 or so, uh, you know, I learned a lesson. Like, it's just just never going to be... You're never going to look back at a game that's five years old and think, like, wow, that was actually really lifelike. It's just, you know, times move on. So I'm not really looking for that kind of of stuff. I want, instead, interesting, funky stuff. I want Mm -hmm. gameplay. I want unique things. I mean, honestly, I... I one of the most beautiful games that like actually blew me away graphically was fairly recent, maybe five years, six years now, I guess. But that obviously okay. was Guilty Gear Exert, you know. But that uh-huh. again was, hey, let's use the processing power to replicate what we did before and preserve that art style, you know, even to the point where they did cool things like, you know, buildings far in the background, they zoomed in and shrunk just so they parallax scrolled like old 2D fighting games instead of, you know, being way back and not actually scrolling when you move left or right. You know, they did a, so many cool things with the, that game graphically. And, you know, it's it goes along with what you're saying. They're using the power to do cool things, you know, to replicate uh, uh, other kinds of art. So Cuphead was another one that was beautiful, you know, that right. I really enjoyed the animation of, you know, the the art style of, and, you know, if games can keep doing stuff like that, I think that's really important. You know, even the fact that one of the games they showed off was a Goodbye Volcano High, which just looked Mm -hmm. like a cartoon. You know, I don't even know if it was sprites or just a cartoon or if it's uh, 3D models. I don't know, but that's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I agree. Speaking of X, uh, there was no fighting game shown off. And... 
there was no like indication that they would show off a fighting game. Mm-hmm. But there were people out there who were hoping that there would be something. There was not. I didn't expect anything like that. Like mm-hmm. I said, there was no indication that there would be. But I also just didn't expect that. Just thinking about like the timelines of games that we know and the developers that we know are like mostly just working on stuff already or have other projects. And I just didn't really think that there would be any of those studios who would like have the time or wanted to show something off now or maybe they're gonna have something on PS5 but like now is not the time to show it off because their current game is already is still right. being sold and, and still a big deal right and not, I just didn't think there was gonna be made anything like that and not only that but I really do feel like f- fighting games just re- save all their stuff for Evo you know they're they've probably already contractually, you know, agreed to show something at EVO, which will probably oh, show okay. EVO online or something like that, you know. So they've probably chosen because you're going to get the best response, right? I mean, how, I mean, you got to imagine Bandai Namco will show that geese reveal reaction for the rest of their lives because of, you know, sure. just how, in, like, literally the whole audience just, like, like almost all fell out of their chairs, dude, when that happened. I, I remember. I was one of them. Dude, yep. I still remember too. Like, it's so funny. It was just like when they announced the Demon Souls thing. But like, when we were, I was actually sitting in the audience watching the Geese reveal with my friends. And as soon as the voice came on, like as soon as Geese talked, someone in the audience went, "It's Geese!" And I was like, "What? Why would it be Geese?" And then they showed the doors, and I was like, "Oh my God, it's Geese!" You know. And <laughs> it's funny. They they actually someone actually put up a clip of uh, Joe's reaction to. Uh, Demon Souls, and like as soon as you saw the demon flying with the with the like the skeleton hanging off of it, Joe goes, "It's Demon Souls! Oh my God, it's Demon Souls!" And like, it's like, how do you know this is Demon Souls? But he knew it, and there it was. So, oh man, it was hilarious. But yeah, bug I wasn't snacks sick for sure. I'm in on bug snacks. I actually, you can check bug Twitter. Snacks. You can check the Twitter archives. I said that I was gonna get the strawberry game. Before I found out that the title of it was Bug Snacks, as before I found out that the strawberry was about to be eaten, I was like, I see that strawberry crawling around. It just said strawberry or something, and I was like, it, I have to buy this for sure. But this it's, is the kind of game that I want to play. Cool. It's all <laughs> about. The longer that the trailer went on, the more I was like, yes, uh huh, super weird, love it, yep. And yep. you haven't even talked about the music yet. <laughs> Right, the yeah. bug snack song. Oh my god. Yeah, that's great. Uh, if I remembered how it went, I would sing it right now. I would sing the bug snack song. Uh, Good old bug snacks. Bug snacks. <laughs> All right, dude. Anything else to say about the PlayStation number five? Uh, I mean, honestly, there were definitely a few things that looked interesting. I mean, uh, I had not heard about all the leaks about Village. And so, you know, uh, when the Resident Evil 8 trailer came up, I was watching it and I was like, this looks kind of... uh..." Then I saw the Umbrella logo like halfway through and I was like, wait a second, is this a new... Did I just see that right? And then they kept doing stuff and I was like, what's going on? And they're like, Village! And I was like, huh, that's weird. And then 8. And then I was like, oh, oh, clever! (laughs) And I was really happy about that. So, But I really hope they don't make Chris the bad guy because... Yeah, what do you think about beefy Chris? (laughs) So someone actually said that the lore should be that Chris is actually just the gun and whoever picks it up becomes Chris. And that's why, like, he has, like, different bodies because a different person has just picked up the gun or something like that. But, dude, that Chris looks like, I don't know what happened to him. He He's like chonky Chris all of a sudden, dude. Like, yeah. but, uh, 
I, like I said, I hope it's like some sort of weird umbrella clone of Chris, or he has a reason to have shot whatever human, innocent human or whatever, you know, but... Uh, I, I'm so sick of the, you know, the, the your good guy is now the bad guy, you know, storyline trope. I, I hate that trope. I absolutely hate that trope because it's, it's, it's like designed to be edgy and it's just so boring and I don't care. Just let our heroes be heroes, please. Thank you. Uh, I don't have a position on that. Yeah. All right. PlayStation 5, it's coming out at the end of this year or whatever. I don't know. I guess I'll buy one or something. <laughs> Rumors are there was a, what was the Play Asia put up a screenshot, a, a web page of it being for 700 bucks on sale, but yeah. that might just be a placeholder. Nobody knows. Yeah. I um, mean, it's probably easier to overcharge for the console and then refund it when the actual price comes out as opposed to undercharging it and then charging more once the console comes out so i bet you play asia is just putting it up there so people can pre-order it so they have an idea of how many to order and then you know once the price if the price comes out and it's less than 700 they can be like oh we'll charge less and everybody will be like cool as opposed to sorry we have to charge you more and then people cancel you know kind of yeah. thing Nah, that, that makes sense to me. That makes sense to me. It's going to be some substantial amount of money, folks. Yeah. And at, <laughs> It'll at, be. And at this point, it's hard to even be like... Because, like, obviously when the PS3 came out and was like, what, $500, all of us were like, what the hell are you guys doing? But that was also, what, like 20 years ago? <laughs> Dude, yeah, I mean, really, if, if you think about it, consoles have been about the same price, give or take, like, 100 150 bucks uh -huh. for 30 years. Yeah. And... That's just, like, not typically how goods are, are sort of dealt with in terms of inflation. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be yeah. something high. Although, but, although consoles can kind of try, could, could try to hit the printer model, right? So, you know, you buy the printer, but then subscription to PlayStation Network is the, print, is the ink, right. you know, <laughs> kind of thing. No, and buy oh, the yeah. game. Oh, they already do that. Yeah, so yeah. they're going to have to take a loss on that. Mm. Oh god, you want to talk Already? about expensive consoles infected jazz? Let's talk about the 3DO. Okay, let's talk about 3 3DO. Ugh. That was ridiculous back in the day. I didn't know anybody who had one of those. I had one because I wanted the Super Turbo on there. I bought it used from somebody else and even then I overpaid for it, so... Jeez. Yeah. Was not happy yeah. about that. I definitely didn't know anybody with any of that. The funny thing is I got it just for Super Turbo, and then uh, I bought Starblade for it because me and my friends were f obsessed with Starblade, and then for my friend's birthday, I gave him the console and Starblade because I didn't need it anymore, and then it died on him instantly, so it was like, oh, Dang, wonderful. that's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I never played the fighting game Eye of Typhoon on 3D. I've never heard about it until right now. But I never had a 3DO, and I never knew anybody who had a 3DO. Yeah. I don't know what games were out for 3DO. It's, to me, it's just a console that never existed. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Anyways, PlayStation 5. All right. Play yep, yep. The, the question is, though, well, I guess there's one more thing we should probably talk about, though, is, you know, what console is going to be the fighting game console of the next generation? Because people have noticed that there's only one USB port on it on the front of the PlayStation No, no, 5. there are two. There's a USB-A and a USB-C. Right, which can so... be a problem in its own way, right? You just have a little converter. I have a converter in this machine right here. Like, uh, it's in here. Like a, I, probably, I brought this to your apartment just 
Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know, because you know we're gonna this moment right here. Place so within this is the little converter. I mean, it's just those are like five bucks. I don't feel like that's gonna be a big deal. I don't know why they did that. Like, I don't know why there's an A and a C. Why not just have two Cs if you're gonna, if if USB C is like the new thing, why don't you just do that? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. But uh, it's not that big of a deal in my view. Yeah, and obviously there will probably be ports in the back, but that's annoying already on the Xbox One. You know, having to yeah. plug one on the side and then the other one in the back, and it's just like, oh, God, it's just. James, I don't know that I've ever plugged in my stick into an Xbox One. I don't. Have you ever seen an Xbox One? <laughs> Actually, I have. Before Mortal Kombat, as Mortal Kombat 11 came out, remember we went to that like bait thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Right? Uh huh. They had it on an Xbox, and that was the one time in my entire life. <laughs> that I have seen an Xbox One in person and actually plugged my stick into it. That's literally the one time in my whole life, and I had forgotten that there was that there was only one in front, and somebody had already had their stick in there, and I was like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, there's no there's no other slot for my stick. I, does anybody have a pad? Like, I, was, <laughs> I still remember that event because I have my milk cup from there, so, you know, my, my milk cup. Because, you know, it's like, you see the logo there, how it's like M-I-L-K, right? So this is what I use to drink my milk in. So it's it's not M-K-11, it's M-I-L-K. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I still have that, too. It's a nice cup, a dude. I, when I, when they, they had these at the bar, and you bought drinks from there, and then I, I drank my drink, and I was like, why is this cup so nice? And I literally put it in my pocket, and I just took it home with me, so... Well, you were meant to take it home with you. You weren't, to be clear, like anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't stealing it or anything. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah for yeah, sure, yeah. for sure. Uh, it's meant to look like a solo cup, but yeah, it's actually like ceramic or something. Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. All right, dude. Do uh, you want to take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about tournaments? Yep, let's do that. Uh, be right back, guys. There we go. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tuesday show. <laughs> David is eating bug snacks for dessert. <laughs> what? How'd you know? <laughs> I didn't see what I was having for dessert. Somebody already guessed bug snacks? Yes, that's correct. Someone actually said that uh, they should wow. have bug snacks at Evo as a tournament. And I says, if you all become what you eat, then everybody at Evo will be uh, turn into Korean barbecue. So. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Look. This is a sentence I haven't said in a long time. Let's get to tournament results. That's right. <laughs> we have had tournaments over the past couple of weeks. We're all stuck at home, more or less, while things are opening up in stupid parts mm -hmm. of the, the world, like the one that I live in. Uh, but in general, big events aren't happening. And so everything has to be online. We've sort of all come to grips with that, right? And as a result, people are holding more and bigger online events. So let's get to one that happened over this past weekend, the Capcom Pro Tour Online 2020 Europe East and Middle East 1 finally happened. Capcom Pro Tour has begun. It was actually scheduled to start the previous week, but uh, the world at least in the United States, was uh, not interested in that. Yeah. So instead, they postponed that and had this one be the opener instead. No, I thought you were I really like how they did it because they had a 
a full show, a full intro show with Logan and F Word that I thought was great. I really liked watching that. They talked about the players that they might see on day one. They talked about you know stuff that has happened uh, over the last couple of years. Um, they on the second day talked about the matches that happened, and then they talked about the top eight that we were about to watch. Right, so nice. it was the kind of classic opening show that I would love to see more of, and we've only had occasionally. So I was I was really happy to see that. Cool, cool. Uh, I didn't actually get a chance to watch much of it. How much of it did you actually get to see? Like I didn't see the the pre-show and all that stuff. A lot of it was taking place while I was still asleep. You know, obviously. <laughs> but uh, uh, what did you think of it? Like, how did it go? The pre-show went great, I thought. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, thought the, the, also the matches and everything. Oh, right. Okay. So it was good. Uh, Shout-outs to Tyrant and Jammers for the commentary. Yeah, the matches were good. However, here's the thing. This was CPT Online, Europe East, and Middle East. And Europe East was defined to include... Norway, which is a north, it is the most northern European country, I guess, at the top of it. Um, so the distance between, like, I don't actually know where Phenom lives, but he's in Oslo or something, mm-hmm. and where people who we played against in the UAE, that's like four and a half thousand miles, uh, which is, you know, farther than, for example, Los Angeles to New York. Uh, it's like Los Angeles, I don't even know if it, I'm not sure if it's Los Angeles to Halifax even. Like, that's super far. Um, so some of those matches were not not great, to be perfectly frank. And the players afterward, you know, look, they they knew it. Uh, they, I think, to their credit, didn't blow up about it, at least on Twitter. Um which was which was maybe good. But but sure, yeah, I mean it's I think fundamentally a bummer that the Netcode's not great, but on top of that, you know, knowing that the netcode is only okay, I don't know why you would have that kind of geographic stretch, right? Like, the Middle East is a very strong region. I think it's a very important region. All right, let's talk about the results because that, that's going to make my point. <laughs> um, the top eight was Phenom, who won it. So that's Norway. Karen, uh, NVD Phenom. Second place. Nasser Big Bird, Rashid, third place, Nasser Angry Bird, Zeku Inabuki, those are the United Arab Emirates. Uh, VS White Ash X got fourth with Colleen. I believe he's Oman. Shady, Urian Balrog. Uh, I actually don't remember uh, somewhere in Europe. Um, then Lohai, Urian also fifth. I believe he was Finland. Then, oh, I guess maybe it was Lord Ahmed from Oman. Omani, Lord Ahmed, uh, M. Bison. And Gadare Volcano Rosso Guile, who I don't remember where he's from either. So this is a very wide breadth of players, but four of those eight are living on the Arabian Peninsula. <sighs> so the Middle East is so strong. I don't know why it keeps getting lumped in with other parts. This is something that's been a problem in the NRS scene as well sometimes. Clearly, there are lots of good players there, and especially in games that don't have fantastic netcode, I just really ah! want them to be Whoops. let them do it themselves. Oh my gosh, I've turned into a YouTube Sorry. video. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Now, one thing that was said... I, I, look, I'm just going to say that I'm totally blaming uh, Logan and F-Word. They keep doing this just so they can keep claiming Big Bird and Angry Bird as Europe. You know, so that, that's, that's my conspiracy theory, you know. <laughs> uh. So, right, so half these players are from Middle East, half were from Europe... Uh, again, this is Europe East. 
quote unquote. So there's still gonna be Europe West, um, but uh, there will also be another Europe East slash Middle East because each, almost all the regions have two tournaments that are going on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think China and Australia are the exceptions to that. But yeah, the matches were good. There were certainly some good matches in there. Again, though, like especially Grand Finals, which was Norway to UAE. Like it's just how you know how good can that be? Right. Yeah. I but mean, on our end, as the viewer, I could see sometimes the players did things that kind of indicated that they didn't have a great connection. But it will. Hey, that's the game we play. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we got to deal with that. And uh, you know, I mean. Y Look, it's, you know, it's, uh, the net code is, is, you know, nice uh, how it is. It's not like, you know, a user or a fan, like, put out something that worked better and actually made the matches, like, really, really good that they could have just based it off of or anything like oh, that. Yeah? But, you know, oh. uh, I mean, that would have been nice if that actually happened and Capcom wow. could have just, you know, copied that. But, you know. One could only hope, you know, yeah. it's just, this is unfortunately the real world and miracles don't happen here. Exactly. Ugh. But yeah, uh, Phenom. Apparently, I guess he tweeted out that you know they had one bar for the majority. He had one bar for the majority of top eight. So the fact that he was able yeah. to take that is pretty impressive. <laughs> it is. It is right. It's true. <sighs> but yeah. All righty. Well, that was the CPT. So CPT is on again, and that's great. I don't want to be a big downer about this. It was really good to watch. I was happy to see my friends commentating. I thought they did a great job. I was happy to see players playing who I missed watching. That was super cool. And it was also great to see some of these people who I either have not heard of before or have only seen mm -hmm. a few times. Mm -hmm. So the top three, Phenom, Big Bird, Angry Bird, we're kind of accustomed to. White Ash, I've seen. Not as frequently. That was cool. But some of these other players, I just hadn't... I've seen fucking Oroso. Most of these uh, Shady, Low High, Lord Aquaman, I don't think I had seen before. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, and yeah, somebody mentioned, I believe that Shady and Low High were both uh, Finland, if I recall correctly. Yeah, and and also the other thing too is that um, you know, you had mentioned being able to see some of these you know players that you hadn't heard of before. F I felt similar, you know, just being able to commentate some of the Salt Mine League as well. There's definitely a lot of good players in there. I got to do that. For, it's that's an event that they run weekly in Germany, and I got to commentate the top eight for that. So that was actually really cool uh, as well. Do you want to get to that now? Because I have that as one of the results. Oh, do you? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Go for it. Go for I it. Do. I didn't, know you, finale. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know you had that as one of the results. Okay. Okay. Indeed. So, this is Street Fighter V as well. Winner was Hurricane with Cammy. Second place was Mouse Problem X with Bison and Abigail. Third was FH Asa with Yurian. Uh, and etc. Well, I guess whatever. Mokulapo, Balrog, Bolt Strike, Vega, and the four fills with Falcon, Colleen fifth, Akainu, and I'm still the daddy with seventh. Right. Remember, this is a this is a weekly, you know, league kind of thing. So they build up points. So to see the kind of character variety that they had in the top eight was really cool. It was really awesome to see. Really happy about that. Again, just kind of emphasizing the the nice kind of balanced state that Street Fighter V is. Obviously, there's some characters that are not as strong as others, but I still don't yeah. believe there's any low tier characters in the game. Nobody sucks. I think that's true. Yeah. Let's talk about the Blink All Star Challenge. A couple of these have happened so far, including yeah. this past weekend. But before that, a couple weeks ago. There was one in which East Coast players played, mm -hmm. uh, and that, this is also Street Fighter V, was won by Idom with Laura and Poison. Crescent Rob TV, second with Karen, Guile, Chun-Li. 
And third was Equinox Brian F with Borrow. Yeah. Fourth I... was the best Uranian in the United States. Uh, sack Rushdown V2 with Uranian. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, I- I'm super happy for Rob TV. He's he's right there. He's right there. And obviously, he lives with Knuckledo now, so it's that can yeah. only help a lot more. But I felt like even before he moved in with Knuckledo, he was right there to becoming one of the best in the in the country. And uh, I, I really feel like a lot of it comes down to uh, mentality. I think that, you know, I can sense. I did a whole video of a, on YouTube where I analyzed, you know, the mood of him versus Zaffirino. And, you know, it was uh, funny because, like, there was every, everything that I said about how I felt like I bet you Rob TV is feeling this way was, like, you could see it exactly as I stated it. I, I think he gets nervous a lot still in a lot of ways. And mm. there's a lot of times he, he has to kind of, like, feel confident in himself, you know. And that's how he's get. If he can get to that point where he can win some of those weird matches where you're not quite on your game like a lot of the top players can, uh, still clutch those out, you know, Rob is right there. And, you know, I, I, I feel like he's definitely one of the players to highlight, to talk about as, you know, potentially becoming one of the best players in the country. Sounds right to me. Mm-hmm. There was also a Blink All-Star Challenge West Coast, which was just this past weekend. By the way, each time they've done this, uh, they've had really cool art for all the players <sighs> involved. It's so good. Have you seen that? Like they, it's yeah, so they, good. they do art for every player that they invite for this. And it's so good. It's, it was 16 players each time. Yeah, it really is cool. Super cool looking. Yeah, it's it's Got awesome. People involved. Um, that's a uh, Dominican folks Blinky Sports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Winner of the West Coast one was PG Punk, Karen yep. and Colleen. Second place was Exus well Samurai with Akuma, and third place was RB Snake Eyes with Kage. Fourth was Alex Myers, Chun Li, and Cammy. Yeah. So I mean. Obviously, one of the, you know, controversies people were talking about were, you know, these invitationals and, you know, you should be inviting not these players and blah, blah. There was this kind of like popularity versus currently who's the strongest, you know, with yeah. players like Snake Eyes and PR Balrog, you know, who haven't done as much in tournaments. Chris Tatarian hasn't been in much tournaments recently, you know, but mm. uh, obviously all, all of them are strong players, all of them very popular yeah. players. Uh, I mean, what is your take on that? Uh, do, do you feel like there's any do you feel like it was wrong for them to pick those kind of players or do you think uh it's just you know it's their choice yeah okay yeah i'm not worried about that my only position on on invitationals is that i don't want it to be the only thing we do yes i want to make sure there's open tournaments but as long as we do have invitationals as long as it's not the same 10 players every time whatever the number is then i'm happy and this was not the same Mm -hmm. players so i I think it's Mm -hmm. cool yeah yeah. It really seems like Punk, like to no surprise, Punk seems like the best, uh, at least on the West Coast, and Samurai from the stuff that I've watched on like Wednesday Night Fights and so forth, like he's been really, yeah. really, really doing well. So. Yeah, and I again, I didn't think that, that was a big surprise. You know, and again, people are saying stuff like that, and Snake Eyes got third, so <laughs> clearly he's still got a lot of that moxie there, you know, with that Kage, so uh, good stuff, good stuff with them. <laughs> Duck Helmet now knows that nerves and turny are real. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We'll talk. Oh, yeah, we we could. T- our- yeah, yeah, we'll talk I about those results nerve- too. We'll talk about those. Okay, sure, sure. Before we do, let's talk about the Topanga League X Tekken 7, which was Topanga League for Tekken, obviously. And that was won by Liquid Gen with Shaheen, 5 0 in the finals group. 
Second place was Ao with Bakumram and Alisa at 4 and 1. And then Chikorin, Rangchu, and Take tied at 2 and 3, although game differential was different and so forth. And then Jyotaro got 6th to round it up. Okay. Hang on a second. And let's talk about one other super important tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly. That was. Go ahead, go ahead. Grand Blue Fantasy versus Team Arxis versus Team Capcom. <laughs> this is a couple of weeks ago at this point, but come on. Come on. Now, do you know if well, it was... I'm not sure I need to go through the results. Do you, do you know if it was Pokemon style or was Seda style? I think they could just pick each time is what, it, is what it seemed like. Oh, really? Okay, okay. I'm not sure how it went exactly. If anybody in the chat knows... I mean, I watched and it just seemed like whoever wanted to go next went next. It's okay, like okay. That it was. Gotcha. Because gotcha. it was a little bit different. Um, it was... Uh, each, each player had two lives, Right. So mm -hmm. you could spend both of your lives at once, it seemed, if, by going back to back, if you lost the first one. Or you could you could go and spend one of your lives and lose, and then like somebody else would come up next, and you could like save yourself for later. Uh, so whatever. Anyway, it was a big ol' stomping. It was a big <laughs> blow-up, and Team Arxis won it a billion to zero, I think yeah. is the official result. I mean, it's, it's like, there's no... There's no uh, number that you could say that would change the ratio, you know, because <laughs> it's going to be whatever to zero, huh? right, you know. <laughs> oh, man, it was so bad. It was, uh, yeah, it was a stomping. It was a stomping, so. It was a stomping. I thought that some of the player selections were a little weird because some of the players on both sides, I thought, like, didn't, didn't exactly fit. Like, some of these players, you're just not going to get the fit well. Like, what team is Jan in? Like, this is a guy who's been playing both Capcom games and Arxis right. games forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so in uh, some of these cases, it's like, whatever. Same thing with with um, uh, uh, Marn, for example. Mar with Marlon Pie, for example, who was on Team Capcom. But in addition, some of the players on Team Capcom, I don't think are, like, super into... <laughs> Dude, so, someone said that some of the Capcom players had to actually like do that little pre thing that you have to do just to be able to unlock online. Oh my god! Well, that's not a great sign at all. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, Curly so W mentioned. And I mean, I'm not gonna make any excuses for the Capcom folks. Like, that's who signed up or whatever got picked. Right. I don't know how it went. But, uh, uh, and and they got eaten alive. Curly W mentions that you know Ronan Rumble did a different version of it this past weekend as well. So I don't know if we could... Does anybody have the results from that one? But apparently oh. that one was much closer and came down to, like, the okay. final round. Uh, so oh, definitely... Uh, do you guys... Does anybody else have any... Uh, does anybody have a link to the results from the Ronin Rumble? I would love to grab that one as well, if there's any sort of uh, results anywhere from anybody. Uh, well, Running Fleet says the Capcom team was made on a rush. Bummer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second. Uh... Okay, all right. Um, also, this past weekend... Oh, here we go. Uh, St. Cola. Shout out to St. Cola. He was my commentary partner for the Salt Mine stuff. That was awesome. Okay. Uh, but it looks like Team Air Dashers wins the tournament uh, with uh, Squirrel, Omniscythe, PMESG, Kuni Alert, and Lord Knight. Mm. So they're the ones who ended up taking it. Okay, there you go. So that's just uh, the people who won, so... Nice work. 
Okay. Sync is worse now, huh? I, I don't know why the, the audio is so messed up here for people. I'm trying to, like, fix my machine here, but I don't know what's going on. It might be just be XSplit. I probably can't fix it unless I uh, restart the... Uh, Unless I restart XSplit, which at this point is probably just, you know, not worry about it in any case, though. So. But, uh, there was also another tournament this weekend, which was the, this past weekend, which was the second of the Sure You Can scrimmage tournament that took place. Uh, James, what's that? Uh, the Sure You Can scrimmage is the beginner Street Fighter V tournament that we've been putting on here on Ultra Chen TV. Only people in U.S. And, uh, and Canada right now, only open to them, but uh, it's basically players who are ranked gold and under in Street Fighter V can join in, play, get some tournament experience. And it sounds like uh, everybody's been having a really good time with it. Like I said, it's the second one, and uh, this week was won by um, Kino Theater who mm-hmm. said this was the first top eight he ever made, and then he, this was the first tournament he's ever won. He didn't think he was going to do well, but then he talked to his friends who have been training him, and they were all super proud of him and everything. You know, it's just really, really cool. And Dro here, two weeks, two events in a row now, getting second place. So he's working on getting that, uh, that, that second place finish. And, I mean, on that first place finish, mm-hmm. one of the cool things about it is, you know, what we've decided to do was that, um, uh, you know, have the the winner of the tournament play one of us, and then we give them advice afterwards. And, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I did that for Kino Theater, and then I just went into training mode and just showed him all the Mika things that he should be doing and stuff, and he was like, this is an awesome grand prize. (laughs) So, so, you know, uh, yeah, there you go. So if you can take this tournament, we'll play against you. I mean, I showed how I approached the matchup, and, you know, I was able to beat him, uh, you know, by just trying to stay out of that Mika distance, and I kind of talked about it, and it was just, it was really cool. So it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So there you go. Yeah, it was really cool to do. I had to skip out by the end of it, but I was there for most of it, and it was yes. definitely fun to commentate and talk to people about. Yeah, a lot of people have said they went back and watched their matches on the archive, and they really liked a lot of the advice that we were giving. So I got a lot That's of good, I got a lot of good feedback on that. So, but shout-outs to Kino Theater, who took first, uh, Dro, who got second, and Pepe MM, who got third place with a really strong Sagat. Interceptor, uh, second week in a row, uh, a second event in a row of getting top four with uh, Claw. So good job. And then Gypsy Danger was using the Urian. Stillsworth was using Lucia uh, in fifth place there. So good job to all those players. And uh, keep an eye on my Twitter. Uh, I, I, sh- I think I should be able to run another one this weekend. Uh, I, I'm not 100% sure yet, but... Uh, I'll let you guys know at least by Thursday uh, whether I can do it or not. So, Sounds great. Okay. All right, dude. I think that's it for tournaments. Okay. Let's move on to the next part in that case, which I believe is the 5-5 matchup. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you want to start out with the top one then, presumably, yeah. uh, on our little run of show here. And that is uh, people saying dumb stuff on a commentary stream and then on Twitter. All right, let's get into this one. Uh, (laughs) So in chronological order, uh, this was maybe, boy, again, time has lost all meaning to me over the last three weeks. So at some point in recent history, 
uh, Mike Z was on a Skullgirls stream and, you know, said a very stupid thing um, that I don't feel like I need to repeat. I'm sure everybody has heard about it, and if you have not, it was very bad. And he was, you know, I think you could tell by the way he phrased it, intending it as a joke. It was a very poorly thought out joke, if so. Uh, and immediately, you know, caused uh, his co-commentator to just basically all stop talking. Yeah, um, everyone stopped talking. It was awkward, to say the least. Yeah, right, right. Uh, it was super awkward. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, obviously could be read as a as a racially insensitive comment, right? <laughs> Not even necessarily read. It is. <laughs> it was certainly insensitive. Yeah, it's a certainly insensitive thing to have done. Yeah. Uh, so that was bad. Uh, he then later uh, put out an apology on Twitter. Um and that was like not ideal either and oh. you know it wasn't the most non-apology apology i've ever seen but like also could have been a better apology for sure yeah um like it's not i'm not here to like accept the apology on behalf of anybody right either way uh nor am i here to to deny the apology on behalf of anybody who's affected by that comment uh but you know my friends who are more suited to to tackling that role, uh, you know, black friends in the FGC, all, all over the place on it, right? Like, some uh, were accepting of it, in part because they had private conversations with Mike, who by their accounts was, um, you know, contrite and, and really did apologize, and uh, they think he would never do this kind of thing again. Uh, other people not as, as accepting of that. And, you know, I'm like I said, I'm not going to have my opinion on that i don't think that's really my place to to do that okay i mean i'm i'm really disappointed i'm i'm frustrated in a lot of ways more frustrated than even uh you know f champ just because you know mike has done a lot of good things for community you know in Skullgirls, doing the you know putting sonic fox in the game doing you know having the yeah. the background character have the gender change that you know that the person that the character was based on in real life actually had the gender change you know and and and, and it's like i don't know I, it's, it's just it's frustrating it's very very frustrating and it's very disappointing uh, again, I haven't talked to Mike directly about this. Uh, yeah, I would like either. I would like to talk to him about this, but you know, it's just one of those situations that you know I just there's just no point. Like I can't like there's no point in which you think that that should have been a good idea. You know what I mean? Mm. And I just I, I get it. He said that he was trying to bring awareness and make sure that people you know like he could kind of be topical and and try to support it a little bit. But there's like no way that you could say that and have it come out that way. And I just feel like, you know, obviously, you know, I feel like, you know, Mike, he's done a lot of great things with, you know, coding and all and the net code and all this stuff like that. I feel like he's a smart guy. And so I just feel like that there's no way oh, yeah. that would come out like that. And so, you know, when it happened, I, oh God, like, seriously, I was very angry. I was very frustrated. And, um, it's, it's, it's just one of those situations where I expected better. You know, do I 
I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that Mike is secretly racist. I'm not going to sit here and say that I that he's secretly not racist. But just, you know, at the same time, it's just it's just one of those situations that I'm so incredibly disappointed and frustrated in the situation that, you know, that that it happened and that, you know, and, and now what's going on is like all these people are like, oh, now we should ban Skullgirls from Evo, you know, these kind of things like that. And yeah. It's, oh, it's. Uh, yeah, I don't think that that's a worthwhile conversation. You know, I, I would. To me, that doesn't seem like it's something that's connected. There are so many people who play that game, people of color who play that game. Um, and I just feel like attacking the community is like doesn't make it's not like a direct thing in my mind. I don't think that that makes sense. Uh, certainly it was a mistake by Mike, or a, a bad idea, whether, you know, whatever, however you want to phrase that. And yeah, I was definitely disappointed, for sure. We had just had Mike on our show, like, a couple yeah, of Yeah, I know, before. right? Um, you know, he's a guy that we've both known for a couple of decades. And I don't know him to have made these this kind of a comment before. I mean, I don't hang out with Mike all the time, but, like, I don't know him to do those things. So, yeah, it was very surprising, for sure. Uh, bad news. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> There's nothing any of us is going to, like, defend it particularly, right? Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it's just it's just one of those situations that it's just, you know, you can tell Mike hesitated before saying it. There was, like, this weird kind of chunk beforehand. Yeah. You know, the thing that prompted the comment had already passed, and he kind of brought it back to that topic. So you already know he was probably mulling in his head whether or not he should say it. And that's the part that blows my mind the most. Right. You know, We've had other commentators in the past who have just said insensitive things. But that's because they just have this inability to control what they say. Things just come right. out of yeah, their okay. mouth right away. Clearly Mike was thinking about it. And even after he said it and everyone went silent, you can kind of tell he was like dang it, I messed up, like, really badly. You can kind of get that sense from him, and it's just, I just, I would have expected better, you know, and I don't yes, want, man. I just, I, I, it's just one of those situations that it was, especially, I mean, like, there's no, and then, and then, you know, in the apology said, he mentioned a too soon kind of thing, and again, there is no too yeah, soon yeah. on this thing, There's and no that that was that. a little frustrating to me as well. Yeah, you know, that that, that 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 was mentioned as part of the, the apology. And so, you know, it's hard. I understand. I've obviously I've said a lot of stupid things in the past as well, you know, and one of the key things to do is really just kind of, you know, own up to it and just know that you messed up. That's you know, true. and just and just in and be very straightforward about that. There's no such thing as too soon. There is a I messed up. I messed up and I need to do better. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that, you know, I would hope to see in these situations. But it's hard because, you know, you're being attacked by a lot of people. It's hard to come out and do that when it feels like you're being kind of piled on. But that is the, you know, that is the mark of growth and maturity kind of thing. You know, be like I said earlier, you've got to accept the discomfort You've got to understand the uncomfort and really take a look at yourself. And that's the hard thing, too, because that's what makes a good fighting game player, too. 
is being able to look deep within yourself. And so, you know, I, I guess maybe part of me just expects fighting games players to be better about that kind of thing, but uh, it's it's um, hard. Yeah. I, I think we've both known enough fighting game players who are geniuses in-game and mega dinguses outside to know that those right. are not really related. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, I uh, mean, someone is sitting here trying to tell me that, you know, uh, they're trying to call me out for deleting a certain tweet of mine. I had written a tweet afterwards where I actually quoted exactly what I deleted. I deleted it for the pure fact that people started retweeting it as a meme, kind of like the suck my yeah. nuts assholes tweet. And I just felt like that was the wrong thing to do. I've never denied that I wrote that tweet. I will still talk about it. I will say, I said, sigh white people in there. You know, I'm not hiding behind it. I know why I said it and I was wrong about it. I only deleted it because people started retweeting it like it was a funny joke. And I just didn't think it was the right thing to do in this time. So outside of that, like I've basically very rarely deleted old tweets like that. So there you go. All right. Um, and then, uh, in addition, more recently, several days ago, uh, F Champ had a tweet, uh, Filipino Champ uh, had a tweet where he, boy, had a picture of a watermelon and it was like hashtag watermelon lives matter. I, I don't even know what to say about that. It's the stupidest thing that I've seen anybody do in a long time. It's so stupid. Um, it's. It's not, first of all, I assume it's supposed to be a racist joke. And if so, I actually don't get it. I don't know what that means. Um, secondarily, what? But why? Like, it definitely took him <laughs> longer to do that than it took Mike to do the little, like, breathe in and decide whether to say his line. Right. He took the picture, he tweeted, like, it was a process. And he went through it. I just, it's a really bad idea. Um, and... I don't know, obviously, I know you're not going to like it either, but do you have anything to say about it? I mean, I mean, the thing about it is, like I said, I'm almost more disappointed in Mike, you know, even though I think what Champ said was, you know, definitely a lot more, you know, premeditated, I guess. I don't want to say premeditated because it sounds evil that way, but, you know, like, obviously there's a lot more time for you to not tweet something or, you know, make some comment that doesn't... But that's the thing is that, you know, Champ has always been kind of you know, that kind of person, you know, very aggressive, very kind of, you know, likes to cause conflict and stuff like that. I don't like it. I think it's stupid. And I, he clearly should not have done that. And, uh, you know, also disappointing, you know, he mentioned it in his apology. He, he made the, I have black friends kind of comment, but that's the thing is he really does have very close black friends. And I'm surprised neither of them called him out on it and told him to get rid of that thing as soon as it was up. Cause it was up for like 11 hours and he never deleted it kind of thing, you know? And uh, I mean, I don't want to go in on them. I don't, I don't know what they did. Yeah. Right. And, and, and yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. We don't know what they said. We don't know yeah. if they did say anything or not, but yeah. you know, it's just, it's like, I don't know. Like, it's just, did he want to try to put himself back in the conversation again? Or is he trying to do one of those kind of weird things where, you know, he is, it's, it's trying to be kind of relevant or, or whatever. I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, and again, it's especially right after the Mike Z thing, he goes and does this and, you know, it's, yeah. it's, ah, it's, and the worst thing about it is like, it's just, it's, it's, it, like, it, it, we, we, just 
makes everybody just like seem like we're all just you know idiots and assholes out there and it's like really frustrating to me because you know we're we're in the situation where we're trying to show as much support and and love for each other as possible one of the things that i love about the fighting game community i know it's not just about the fighting game community but i love the diversity in the fighting game community yeah. i love the fact that our community is you know obviously there's still racism in our community clearly uh but you know uh we're still better about it than a lot of other niche communities out there but, you know, again, you see this kind of thing and it gets public rounds and it just makes it seem like, you know, the fighting game community is just a bunch of degenerates. And it's just like, like I said, I know it's not about us. I know I, I shouldn't make it about the fighting game community like this, but it's frustrating, you know, because we are everybody who's actually gone to an event, who's had like these little communities that get built up. You know, most people see that the community is a really wonderful place, that people are awesome. And like both of us have said, it's really opened our eyes to cultural diversity and, and, and such. You know, we've learned a lot of things ourselves. And, you know, it, it just it just makes it seem like our community is one of the worst in terms of racial diversity. And it's frustrating. Yeah, well, it's definitely not. Uh, so, very bad idea on his part. Uh, he... <clears throat> so, he got banned, right, by some tournaments. I just read before we got on the air, as we got on the air, really, that he officially got banned by Capcom fighters from... But, well, I'll read it. Is he, Ryan F. Champ Ramirez is hereby banned indefinitely from all Capcom-owned and or operated events, including Capcom Pro Tour and Street Fighter League, for violating the player code of conduct. This is a global ban, meaning it applies to tournaments and events in all locations throughout the world. Uh, so he got banned, and this is an important thing to talk about. He got banned, Mike has not been banned. Mm -hmm. My position on this is that what I'm interested in is a body of work. Uh, certainly there are things that I can imagine somebody saying and doing that I think should, by themselves, a single act count as a ban. I, I would not say that I don't think that that exists. I think mm -hmm. primarily, though, that somebody deserves a ban if it's an ongoing issue. If, if they have been doing whatever the thing is for years and haven't stopped, uh, if they have been, if people have talked with them about it and they've continued, uh, if they've gone away for a while and they've continued doing it, like, versus somebody who, at least as far as I know, hasn't done it previously. I'm not going to tell you he's never done it. You know, I know Mike reasonably well, but not, I don't hang out with him constantly. But I haven't heard of him doing that before. So I think the difference in my mind is what's the body of work? It's mm -hmm. somebody who has, for the entirety of the time that I've known him, been a provocator, right? Uh, F champ, whether he's like pretending to play the villain or whether that's just him, he has been out there, not always, it's not racist stuff constantly it's you know him being me right mm -hmm. uh, he has said stuff that people have taken as racist or as um uh he said some mean things to kbr right right yeah, um, yeah. and he has been a jerk to tos and he's done a lot of stuff this is not like a one-time thing so right. to me that is why i thought a ban was reasonable i don't want my my goal is not to like not have him in the community. My goal is for him to is for these things that he says not to be in the community. 
So whether that's allow him in as long as he doesn't do it, which would be great. Or if he insists on doing it constantly, not letting him in it, right? That's that's his choice in my view. That his his choice is to do one of those two things. And it has seemed like that has not been his choice has been to continue to do it. So if that's what he wants to do, then I mean in my view that's just on him. Um the Capcom ban is indefinite. You know, if in the future it seems like he's turned to 180 and has given this all, this all up, I'm fine with him coming back if he really has given it up. I again, I'm not intending to just get rid of him because it's him. It's because of the things that he's said. Right. And if those don't exist anymore, great. But you know, so far it's that has not been the case. So to, to me, that's the difference. I mean, for me. I do think Mike should be banned from events. Like, I, I do feel like he should be banned, you know, because it, it, I, I think it sends the right message. Uh, I would probably make it so that, you know, he's not banned indefinitely, because like yeah, okay. you said, there is a history with that. But, you know, and, and, and that's the thing, right? Because, you know, if Mike gets banned and Mike says, you know what, I deserve it, that's fine, it's cool, you know, then you can kind of you know, measure the growth a little bit in a way, mm. you know, but what he said, I do, like I said, I was very disappointed. I was very upset with it. And like I said, I, it's not like I hate Mike now or anything like that, but it's just, there's this, this frustration that I feel, I guess maybe almost sure. like from a father kind of point of view, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, ah, like I can't like, you know, ah. and so I, I honestly do think, he should be banned. Like, I, I, even, like, from Combo Breaker, you know, where Skullgirls is, like, that's their Evo and things like that. Yeah. But just for, just for a year, but just to make sure, you know, that the message is sent, that, you know, it is an equal and all, you know, a, a fair kind of ban situation because, you know, he said something really stupid and it was really insensitive. I mean, you, like I said, I, I, you could cut, the discomfort from, you know, poor the purple Sharpie, like with a knife at that point in time, like you could, sure. I mean, like I, you could, you could hear her falling back in her chair, like, right. like literally. And it, it was such, it was such poor taste, I feel like. And so I don't know. I, I, I feel like it would be justified to ban him. Maybe, like I said, because as you mentioned, you know, the history kind of thing, not to be as long of a ban, but I feel like there do, do, does need to be some repercussions. I, I feel like yeah, there I needs think, to be something. I think that's fair. So, yeah. I, you know, I, I think that would be fair. Uh, again, I think that it's important to have the consequences be stronger when somebody does this over time, and it's not like a one or, two, or even two times thing. If it's a decade, I think that has to be treated differently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I would accept that if there was like some body that was like Mike's band for a year, I think that would not be unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, it's not just a stupid watermelon joke. I think that's. I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's good to to paint it in that light. Yeah. It was. It's a. It's a purposely racist and bad joke. Look, I don't. It, same way that Mike was purposely wrong about what he did. Yeah. It's not. It's not just a stupid joke. Right. And obviously, you know, there's the, the racist connotations of, you know, watermelons and such and everything. It's but I don't, I don't think it even really matters because right now, you know, Black Lives Matter is such a call and such an important, you know, uh, movement 
you know, and everybody's already been trying to, uh, to you know, lessen its, you know, power by saying things like, oh, blue lives matter, all lives matter, you know, people are, white lives matter that you've seen from people, you know, uh, on, on Twitter as well. People yeah. are trying to subvert that movement and it's that is the call of the movement right now and you just like you could say anything lives matter and it's in poor taste right now in my opinion it's just it's one of those things that you just have to be aware of the current situation and be respectful to this movement and to how much these people are trying to change the world they're trying to get themselves to a point where they can live a normal life and you just can't co-opt that term as for a joke. You, you just can't. It's like not right. And and again, it's not like F Champ has grown up and lived in the Philippines his whole entire life. You know, he's obviously been in the U.S. for a long time. He knows how it is out here. So no, he was not doing it. it was not an accident, of course. Um, look, I mean, these are tough conversations to have. And somebody in the chat just a bit ago mm-hmm. asked, oh, so is banning, banning is the answer uh, from Slow Dasher. We don't have that many options for punishment, right? This is, we're not, this is not like the law where we have any number of potential punishments, you know? What, what do we have in, in the FGC other than banning somebody from an event? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, to me, that's, that's it. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, I think I think that's it. I mean, you can give him a talking to, but in the case of Ryan, who you know has, people have had this conversation with him. I've had this conversation with him uh, many years ago. He, we, people have tried that, and that and that never worked. Um, so, yeah, I think that's I think that's all you got left. Um, I also take issue with people who think that the fighting game scene is soft. Uh, because we are taking this stuff seriously. I kind of think it's the opposite, um, that it is, it's almost softer, in my view, it is softer, in my view, to not do anything about this stuff and to just let it roll and to let people continue to do it. Um, it, Because in doing so, it's easy for those of us who aren't directly affected by it. That's easy enough. Mm -hmm. We don't have to think about it constantly, but there are lots of people in the FGC who have to think about that all the time, and they are confronted by that stuff all the time. And it's mm-hmm. not, it, it's, it's, it's soft for us to not have to deal with it, but the result of that is, is more harm towards the significant part of yes. the FGC that I do not want to be harmed anymore. You know, that whole art... It's, it, it's, it's harder for us to actually take these steps. It's not easy. It's not right. easy to do this, right? That, that's the thing. That, like, the people saying that we're soft by doing these things are the people that are tired of not being able to get away with being an asshole. You know, they use that term to say, oh, it's soft. What the truth is, by not doing anything, that shows how much more soft we are. I think so too. And that's why I feel like we do need to, like like I said, that's why I feel like Mike does need to have some sort of repercussions because yeah, I feel I like it, it, it does, he deserves it like for that kind of a comment kind of thing. I've even said for stuff that I've said, if people ban me, I won't even fight it. You know, like I literally right. won't. It's, it's, we have to be able to make sure that we grow and do better. And by, you know, 
really making sure that people understand that this is not acceptable, that that makes us a stronger community overall, and it allows... Like I said earlier, you know, the, the, the black community and the fighting game community is the fighting game community. It, they they sure. literally just are, you know, they make up like 50% of it. And so if you make it so that our events, you know, if you, if you have people out there who are insensitive towards the black cause, towards their movement and everything like that, we're just not creating the right environment for people. We need to show the support for all the, you know, different... Uh, you know, and I hate using the word, but different minority groups, you know, because, mm. you know, like I said, black people in the fighting game community aren't even a minority, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I hate using that term. But, you know, whether it's black people, whether it's women, whether it's trans, whether, you know, whatever it is, we we're being soft by not doing anything to make sure that they feel welcome in our scene. Yeah. If you tell us that we're being soft by punishing people for making other people feel uncomfortable, like I said, in my opinion, that's just because you're mad that you can't get away with being an asshole anymore. And that's that's just how I feel about the whole situation. I think you're right, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it's, it's certainly grounded in the era of not having any consequences for this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And many people who grew up doing that, I mean, we grew up around them too, are still living that way. Mm-hmm. And while most of my friends have moved on, I know people who I don't really keep up with anymore who still do that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and they just, I feel like they'll do it until the day they die. But they're very, they they are mad about the fact that what they thought was cool back in the day is not cool anymore. And that inability to move on is, is going to cause them problems for a long time. But it will mean that they're going to continue to cause problems for other people as well. Unless uh, we just, you know, don't let them in the community until they, they quit doing it. Mm -hmm. Yep. So let's just be better. Let's all do yeah, better. Yeah, dude, seriously. Let's I mean, we're not, better. we are not children, most of us, okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm in my late 30s. You're in your 40s. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how old Mike Z is, but he's probably in his late 30s too. F Champ's in his mid 30s. Like, we are not kids. It is time to move on from this stuff, really. Yeah. And, and, you know, you kind of mentioned this, that you feel like 100 years from now, people are in the history books, this is going to be a significant year. You know, yes. I, I really do hope that, you know, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, people look at this and, and see, you know, the struggles that we're going through right now to get so that black lives matter, so that black lives have an equal opportunity. You know, again, it's not about preferential treatment. It's about just equality making sure that they get the same kind of treatment. And I hope that 200, that even 100 years from now, because if it's that fast, then great. But I hope yeah, it's 100, 100 from years from now, people will look at this year and go like, man, I can't believe they had the fight for that. How weird is that? You know, if, if, if we've gotten to that point, we're nowhere in the right direction. And, and, and this is a big turning point. And weirdly enough, I said this on a, on a different uh, stream, but really the thing that's really made the biggest difference in this world and why this year in particular I feel like things are going crazy is the cell phone. Cell phone camera. Yeah. Changing everything. It's changing everything because now yeah. we have actual documentation of everything that's we're, been We're happening. so interconnected, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't escape what other people are having to deal with because it's on your feed. Right. You exactly. could escape it before. Now, now not so much. Yeah. And yeah, you there's lie all about sorts of negatives that come with 
social media, but there are definitely these positives mm -hmm. as well. Exactly. So, and yes, we're not kids and still are trying to force good manners. Mm -hmm. That's more or less right. I mean, it's it's phrased too pithily, obviously, but that's that's right more or less. I don't need everybody to be best friends. Okay, that's not the point. I'm I want competition. I like <laughs> rivalries. Yeah, uh, I like absolutely. Talk, okay. Uh, I like to troll people in game. Um, I don't need everybody to be best friends. However, I also definitely do not want for people to be attacking others in in a way that is, you know, core to who they are. That definitely needs to be done away with. It needs to be done away with in the FGC. It needs to be done away with in the world in general. And we only have control over our little part of things. You know, there's only so much mm -hmm. control you, you have in life. And in the FGC, it's relatively small. We can all uh, come together and, and actually make that stop. Right. We could do that. Keep, keep, I hope that we do. You know, keep, we keep it up. Keep it in game. Keep it in game. We can go ahead and make fun of all the Honda players out there for being mindless warriors, but you know, <laughs> again, that's in game. You know, that's it's a different kind of situation. If it you... is, and I, I think that's I think that's hilarious. Like yeah. I'm. I'm all about jokes like that. Yeah. I think that's definitely cool. But uh, but outside of that, and again, I don't need everybody to be best friends personally, even outside of the games. Just, boy, let's definitely get rid of bigotry and bigoted jokes. Yes. Right? Whether you yourself are the bigot, it doesn't matter super much to mm -hmm. me. If you are telling bigoted jokes, I don't want you around. Right, and again... Look what deep with inside of yourself. If you don't like that kind of this whole thing, if you're if you're against the whole SJW thing, if you think people are being too sensitive, look deep inside yourself and really ask yourself why you think people are being too sensitive. And maybe it's because you're being completely insensitive, or maybe it's because you actually do hate, you know, a different group of people out there that exist. And that you really just have hate in your heart. If you came up to me and be like, hey, by the way, I'm a racist you know, then good, then that's fine. I will know exactly who you are. I don't need to associate with you. So, you know, but don't, don't come up to me and be like, we're just too sensitive these days or, oh, look at these SJWs or whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, just accept the fact that you are a terrible person. You're racist and you are, and you hate other people for no reason whatsoever. That's it. So. I mean, it's time to change. That's all. Mm -hmm. you know, it's time to change. It has been time to change. Yep. All right. Okay. <laughs> Are we good on that? Yeah, let's move on. I think I've said enough about this anyway. Fair enough. So. All right, we did have one other 5 fight matchup. We did not do a poll this week. There was a lot of stuff to talk about, so that didn't seem like a good idea. But mm -hmm. there was one other thing that we, <laughs> we wanted to discuss. Here's the topic. Here's how I phrased it in the run of show. Does Harada know what he's talking about? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. No, this was actually kind of an interesting subject because he started talking about it. It's like, you guys don't know, blah, blah, blah. Tekken 7 actually has rollback. And then what he proceeded to describe had nothing to do with rollback. And uh, people were like, what? <laughs> and, you know, uh, obviously Tekken 7 does not have rollback. I've played it. <laughs> I know <laughs> that there's no rollback in this game. But what's interesting to me about this situation is not you know, whether or not, like, oh, why is Harada lying to us and blah, blah, blah. I don't think he's lying to us. The, the, the situation is, you know, it's, it's fascinating to me that because of social media, because of the way Twitter works now, that 
people who were in a position where they didn't have to care about these things before kind of have to care about and gain that kind of knowledge now because people are going to be asking Harada directly. You know, if we go back 10 years ago, no one would, like 15 years ago, Harada wouldn't have to know anything about the netcode. But at this point, like, he actually has to know something about it. And, you know, it's not that he's not properly educated. Maybe his team never really told him the whole story, or maybe it was just tangentially given to him. Maybe one of the, 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 the employees was like, uh, yeah, we have rollback. It's like this. Not thinking that Harada would ever repeat it, you know, on in in, in a social environment kind of thing. So uh, it's a weird situation that we have, but it's kind of interesting study to see how, you know, it is so different now that people like Harada, they really better educate themselves properly on the topic of rollback, you know, because otherwise you will say these kind of things that don't end up being true. You know, well, I don't know if it has rollback. I mean, I'm not enough of an expert to say that, but most of my friends who are experts think that it doesn't. So that's all I got. I don't know if he knows what he's talking about. Other than that, <laughs> clearly he knows what he's talking about in plenty of things. But yeah, that one was a surprise. Yeah, <laughs> Charitably play, I think that was a surprise. And uh, but you know, in any case, if that means that they're looking more at netcode and are thinking about potentially maybe trying to add rollback. I mean, obviously, it's probably so late in its cycle that I don't know if it's worth it for them. They might as well be just developing it from for scratch from scratch for Tekken 8 at this point. But, you know, he did talk about some things about, like, you know, animations being tricky and everything. That's why they didn't implement full rollback. And again, see, this, is, this sounds like to me that this is now telephone, right? Like, I feel like all the stuff that he's saying, like, has this feel to me that it was... Someone asked the devs about rollback, and they're like, well, no, we kind of do it this way, and blah, 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 and explained it to this person, and then they had to explain to their manager what was going on. So is there rollback? Well, kind of. And then that person had to explain to somebody else, yeah, we do have rollback, but it works different. And then the next person had to explain it and be like, we have three frames of rollback, and then gets to Harada by that point. And then the information is just kind of messed up. Right there, so you know, it's it's it's, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I have no ill will towards Harada. I don't think he did anything wrong. I'm sure there's just like some sort of crazy misunderstanding in that in that you know, in that way. But there's definitely not rollback in Tekken. <laughs> I don't think it has rollback. That's my understanding from friends of mine who are much more knowledgeable than I am. Uh, also, thanks to Guest Perry God for this up. Oh, cool. I mean, rollback netcode does have a little bit to do with animations because, you know, you're going to have to snap the character into the actual state. So you're going to have to figure out how to transition them from one, you know, state to another. And then based off of that, you know, animations are affected by lighting. So in other words, you know, if I punched you and then it rolls back and it created the hit spark, hit sparks and Tekken have their own ambient lighting. How do you change that? Do you, can you erase that ambient lighting and everything like that? It's not that, you know, rollback and animation are, like, tied together, but there's a lot of factors of what the characters are doing in the current state of the animation. Just like a great example of, you know, when you're playing Killer Instinct and you're in training mode, 
I forgot which character it was. It might have been uh, uh, Dark Hasako or, 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 you know, the, the evil Hasako or more evil Hasako. I forgot her, her name was uh, Shin Hasako. You know, when you have the little bubble floating next to her, if you reset the stage to the other side, the, the thing has to actually drift across the screen to catch up to you. Like the actual ghost thing doesn't jump to the other side because... It, when you do that stage reset kind of thing, it's kind of like a saved state kind of thing. It's kind of like a, you know, a rollback thing. And you have to take into account a lot of little things and people aren't aware of that. So. All right. And Keats in here. So, so like, uh, he says that isn't entirely accurate about animation. Okay. So Keats says that pretty much every, ah, stop scrolling. Pretty much every modern 3D animation system can handle being sent to any frame on a moment's notice. Yeah, I figured that much too. But it's just, like I said, it was more of the extra extraneous things, you know, like the like the lighting and all these kind of things. Camera angles, where the camera angle happens to be at that situation. Uh-oh, crackling, hang on a second. That should have removed the crackle. So there you go. But again, yeah, I would love to have more conversations about it with, with Keats. I would love to do that because it's always great to learn more about it. For sure. Hey, didn't uh, Keats's big thing on Netplay just go up? Oops, Is, hang on a second. Uh... Hang on a second. Hang on a second. What's up? No, I'm just trying to make sure. There's, there's some people are saying there's crackle on the stream right now. And I'm trying to see if that actually gets the crackle. I did what I usually do to fix the crackle, and they said it actually got worse. So let's see how it looks right now. Yeah, a lot of the issues aren't real issues. It's mostly devs priority, no visual bugs over good net play feel. Yes, that is true. Still crackle, huh? All right, give me one second. Good old crackle. <laughs> All right. By the way, my dessert is peanut butter, oats, honey, and cinnamon mixed all together, and then you eat it. So it smells really good too. By the way, so it that's is, kind it of messed is, up yeah. that you're just sitting there eating it. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, there you go. Crackle is gone right here now. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yep. Yep. Like I said, my USB drive is really, really bad. So a lot of the times my mouse will just die on me and I have to unplug the mouse and plug it back in. All of my audio goes through Focusrite, which is an external USB sound device. The worst part about that whole thing is that a lot of times when my mouse dies on me, my cat is sleeping on my lap and so I can't unplug Aww. my mouse and I can't do anything about it. And it makes me really All right. Hey, anything else to say about Harada? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, like I All said, right. I don't think it's his fault. I don't think... Uh, He's to blame, but again, it's just emphasis. The reason why I wanted to talk about it is just kind of emphasizes this different phase of, you know, social media that we're in. That now, as the producer, whereas you only had to used to worry about a few things, now because everyone can talk to you on Twitter and you know you are communicating with everyone on Twitter, you have to be educated on so many different things now that than you used to have to do. Right. All right. Well. Let's move on then. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get to the regular old games and community news. Yep. Game news. Ramblethal Valentine announced in Guilty Gear Strive. Yes, that was a what surprise. Think about that? 
That was good. a surprise to me. I was not expecting Ramaphal at all. I was okay. not. I was just. I like. I thought. I. I swore that that probably was not a character they were gonna bring back because okay. so far they had only announced the original, like some more of the original cast, and they really haven't gone to any of the like the newer added characters. So Ramothal is like one of the newest characters, obviously just added in the Exert series. Not only that, but it seems like they're trying to make her a little bit different now. It seems like okay. she's less about planting the swords and, you know, mostly attacking through punch kicks and having Slash and Heavy Slash control the swords. You know, it seems like they're trying to make her more of a streamlined Guilty Gear character, but hard to tell from such a short trailer. Uh, yeah. I like her new hat. She's Admiral Ramlethal yeah. now. Um, uh-huh. And and honestly, like, I mean, they made her look really pretty in that game. And, and yeah. this is kind of goes along with the theme of what they've been doing with all the characters. Like, I've never been... You know, I've never thought anything of Milia, but now, like, Milia is just, like, really beautiful in this game. And then Zata 1 is just, like, ripped beyond all reason now. <laughs> He's got, like, yeah. abs everywhere, and then, you know, Chip, for everywhere. some reason, is, like, twice as thick as Chip has ever been, you know? Like, yeah. they're really upping the waifu quotient here, the waifu and husbando quotient here. <laughs> She'd better have the shark teeth. The shark teeth had better come back, so... Uh... And then other Strive news, a while ago, we just hadn't talked about it because we haven't been here, yeah. uh, they had a response to the player feedback out yes. of Strive Beta. Yes, And some of that feedback was to sort of see what people's responses were. Like, people think that the music is really good, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, people think the visuals and the animations are fantastic, which they are. And people think that the online lobbies are piles of garbage, which <laughs> they were. Ah, oh, and it's it's so hard for me because I like the lobbies, and I know that's kind of weird to say because they implemented them terribly. Like they did nothing right, but the entire concept of what they were trying to do, I really liked it, and that's why my feedback that I sent in from the beta was largely just about how I think that they can keep that lobby system, but make it actually work within the context of what they're trying to do. You know, the fact that you walk up to someone and challenge them is a neat idea, but it's 100% antithetical to any concept of ranked whatsoever because it allows for easier smurfing, it allows for avoiding of certain characters, you know, things like that. Ranked has to be blind. You should be able to challenge someone on another, on another floor, etc., etc. They, they have a lot of neat ideas, but it's just all implemented very poorly. But they can turn it into something, in my opinion, that's good, I'm just worried now that they're just going to scrap the whole entire thing and just go back to exactly how it was in Exert, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I feel like they're on the cusp of trying to do something really cool. They just failed at it really, really badly, and uh, I know they. Yeah. I know there's a way to make it right. I know there's a way to make it right. Yeah, I know there's a way to make it right, too, because I've been playing it in Them's Fighting Herds, which does <laughs> same stuff way better uh, and has a lot more better stuff as well so yeah you, you can do you can do a good job sure there you go they did not maybe they will end up doing a good job but tfh is is just a way better implementation of a similar idea <laughs> there you go there you go i mean tfh i mean is like a master class in implementation of a lot of things so far yeah. I, I love yeah. what they've done so. no they're of course not going to remove it i fight for yeah. sure just 
I mean, they did delay the game again. They delayed the game a little bit longer, of course, you know, but that's more probably due to COVID than anything. Uh, of, so. course. of course. Yeah. And then there was a little interview with uh, uh, Daisuke Shibatari where he sort of got, um, you know, questions like, what do you think about concern? The damage is too high. And, yeah, I mean, like we suspected, um, that wasn't something that I think that they're going to end up keeping in. Right? Ishwatari is like, well, essential idea is that you can do big damage without long combos. But then Katano is like, we made the damage extreme in the beta test to get that idea across. Before the game's release, we'll be adjusting it. Like, that, mm. I didn't think that that was right. a surprise yeah. at all. Um, and so they, they mostly, like, just defended the implementation of their ideas. Or maybe not the implementation, but their ideas. Right? right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, maybe, yeah. They'll, maybe they'll change some of how some of it looks or whatever. But, like... They're not out there to make a new game, and yeah. I think they're, and, they're pretty and, about that. Or they're not out there to make a, an old game. It's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing, too. That's why I still think it's such a big deal that they did decide to go with the rollback net code. You know, that it shows that they're willing to mm. make the changes to try to make this a better product. And I will take that any day, because Exert is still a fun game. <laughs> we can still play Exert for a while. Frosty Faustings had a super hype Exert tournament just this year, you know? So uh, we can still stick with it. We can play XX if we want to. We can play the old games. The old games are not going anywhere. Take your time to make a good new game, because, you know, we've all, like I said, if... Street Fighter V came out and had all the cool stuff in it from the get-go, you know, 5,000 entrants at EVO first year wouldn't have dropped to, like, 2,000 the next year, <laughs> you know? We've seen how much damage a bad launch can do. Right. So please take your time and give us a good launch. Please. <laughs> Sounds right to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, other game news. In Mortal Kombat 11, if you want to buy any of Fujin, Shiva, or Robocop individually, you can now do so. They're being sold individually now. Uh, six bucks each, so if you were like holding out because you only care about Robocop, then now's your time. Mm -hmm. There was a small patch. We talked about the bigger stuff for Aftermath, I think. I think we did. <laughs> no, I <don't> <laughs> yeah, it, we but... talked about it. I mean, my, okay. my question right now I want to ask, though, is uh, what's the current state of the new characters, Fujin, Shiva, and Robocop? How do people feel about these characters so far? Where are they falling in early, obviously, uneducated tier placements? We'll find out more. But And, like, also the armor breaker mechanic. Like, how is that all falling into place right now, it feels like? Just, the, they're nowhere and everywhere. I mean, the... Just over the last couple of days, I've been watching or playing on stream myself or whatever, seeing people chat. And you see, I was watching Coach Steve last night. Okay, here's mm -hmm. an example. He was playing against the RoboCop. The RoboCop was doing really well, zoning him out. And Steve was like, I don't know, this character seems super good to me. And in chat, before and after that, people came into the chat and they were like, hey, what do you think they should do to improve RoboCop? Like, RoboCop seems like he's really terrible. <laughs> it, it, I'm not sure what they should do to buff him. Like, can they even buff him? Like, maybe he's just too crappy. Right. So it's that kind of thing where yeah, just okay, whatever. Okay. It's just too early. And I've seen the kind of same kind of takes about Shiva. Is she really good? Maybe is she maybe actually one of the worst characters in the game? <laughs> but what about Fujin? Maybe he's extremely unsafe. Maybe he's got fantastic mobility. Like, whatever. Like, it's all just too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So in other words, it's still in the early. We don't know anything phases yet. 
uh, okay, yeah, still right now. Okay, okay. Yeah, we. That's I fair. just think there's nothing really to yeah. report. And as far as how the armor breakers are being used, I would say a lot of the characters that I see the most, their armor breakers aren't... Either they don't have any in the variation that they're being played in, or they just like maybe aren't that important because they just don't need that. Mm -hmm. So as I've been watching and playing, I think I've honestly only seen a couple of people even do it. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. So like I've seen like noob players do it because his seems like it's really good. Like some <laughs> seem good, right? But I think throughout a lot of the scene, I haven't seen it implemented really that much yet. And right. some people think that their characters is terrible, and you know whatever. There's just a lot of <laughs> sounds like again a lot of all over the place. Sounds like fighting games. Know, there's not too much to report. <laughs> sounds like fighting games. <laughs> I yeah, haven't. Yeah, yeah. You know, I honestly haven't had a chance because I've been doing all the Bud Light Beer League stuff. I've been studying the hell out of Soul Calibur. And God, I oh, love that sure. game. I love that game. Like the more I get back into it, the more I'm just like, why did I stop playing this game? It's so good. And uh, I haven't had a chance to try out any of the MK stuff. I'm still very interested in trying zoning RoboCop and and trying to make him mm -hmm. work and, and see how that goes. I I haven't even grabbed the season yet, so I'll have to see if I can pick that up at some point in time. But Definitely. Well, I didn't play video games for two and a half weeks. Yeah, that's the other so. thing, too. I haven't streamed in... I didn't stream in two weeks. I only did the other podcasts. Like, I did the other podcasts because, you know, Tubaware and Isaiah were like, let's do this. And I'm like, okay. But, like, I haven't streamed on my own in, like, two weeks, dude. It's crazy. But I... I, I get I, back there. I, I feel like this week I'll be back in there. I even set up yeah. a whole, like... You probably can't see this right now, David, but I'm, well, actually, uh, clearly you can see it right now because you're sitting yeah. right next to it. I'm looking right at you. There, there's like just right to the other side of you, you know, there's that CRT with the nest sitting up there because I'm actually going to try to start my quest to see if I can max out a nest Tetris. So I think that's, uh, oh, dang. yeah, okay, that's I'm, I've started trying to learn Daz and that's, that's, that is not easy to do. Daz is so tricky to maintain in that game. So it's there's yeah. there's all this extra stuff that I've never had to worry about in a Tetris game, but uh, now I'm learning something completely new. So there you go. Sounds cool. I mean, honestly, right. not to feel myself or anything like that, but like if I could hyper tap, which I'm just not capable of doing, you know, if I didn't have to worry about the Daz kind of thing, like I think I could max out pretty easily, but <laughs> but there's a lot more technique to it than just playing Tetris. There's a lot more involved in it, and I like that. I think that's cool. I think that's I think that's neat. So, all right, man. Yeah, sorry again about the audio desync, guys. Uh, I don't know what's causing it, but uh, hopefully it'll... I, it might be a Twitch thing right now. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Oh, that's right. CEO Online was announced, right? Did we, we didn't have that talked about here anywhere. Oh, Did I you have... totally put it on the run of show. Is it there or not? No, it's not. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Does anybody have a link to that information by any chance? Well, while that's happening, let's talk about some other stuff. Uh, an example is Hold Back to Blocks Killer Instinct documentary is out. Everybody has to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. That's your homework, James. Okay, alright. It is extremely good. Extremely, extremely good documentary. It's, boy, ah! an hour and a half, maybe a little longer than that. I've and lost David. All of it was good, and I didn't know about a lot of it. I never heard about a lot of those stories, so for me, that was very interesting just as a 
informational historical kind of feature mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and lots of little drama in it i mean not bad drama but like the drama of like uh oh we've been assigned a new game to do and we have four weeks to get the new character done like well, how are we gonna do this like that kind of <laughs> drama i thought was very interesting to hear about um and shot very well all the guests uh, the, uh, the interviewees were very good and articulate and explained stuff really well. I just thought it was really overall really, really well done. Cool. Okay. Okay. That's um, I, I definitely need to stuff. see it. I need to Primarily, see that. Hold Back to Block is the name of the crew and Killer Instinct documentary. Yeah, I need to see that and I need to see because they also have the documentary on, you know, them fighting herds getting made that we talked about, you know, when, when, when we had the... Uh, the, the Them's Fighting Herds episode, so we should definitely... Uh, I definitely want to watch both of those things, so... There you go. We got some folks linking it in the chat. Thanks. Yeah, I, oh, again, I highly recommend checking it out. Very, yeah. very good documentary. Uh, also, CEO Online, the news here is that Community Effort Online. <laughs> Community oh, Effort Online Edition 2020 uh, looks like it's going to be an event that is going to take place on June 27th to 28th. Is that what... Well, that's very soon. Yeah. Well, that's when EO is going to take place, right? Yeah, so we're hosting the three games below on Saturday, June 27th, which is going to be Ultra Street Fighter 4, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, and Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. Now, I see your face there about the Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, but there has been technology that people have been developing recently to try to actually weirdly improve the netcode. And it's something that people have been testing and trying out. And the way... You're talking about Parsec. Yeah, Parsec. Uh-huh. And uh, have you tried it? Is it like... I have not tried it. Okay. You look skeptical. I'm also, <laughs> well, I'm not skeptical because everybody I've talked with about it says that it works. I am worried as a lawyer about that. Oh. Uh, that might be it, a concern it. that it's... I don't know. Capcom could yeah. shut that down if they wanted to. But they're definitely... I'm more wondering why Ultra Street Fighter 4. Yeah, I know, right? But, uh, I mean, according to that that Anime Lover... has the worst netcode. Yeah, Anime Lover in chat says that Marvel 3 is using a combination of Parsec and Amazon Web Services, uh, which provide us really good online play. So they've done something a little bit different where... Uh, they're actually playing the game like on a remote system and it's, so it's only sending the inputs and it's kind of like you're playing remotely in a, with an Amazon web server out there that is actually hosting the game. So it's less mm. like information be said. So they're trying, it, 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 there's a little bit more to it than just Parsec. So I'm curious to see that how is that's a genius work. implementation, a genius implementation of the kind that the copyright law is specifically designed to kill. Really? Uh, Absolutely right. Yeah, you're telling me that not only are they uh, uh, interfacing with the game in a way that probably breaks encryption <laughs> and probably uh, includes some kind of copying of the game's code, and that's infringement right. itself. But you're also duplicating and reproducing the game's audiovisual work by hosting it on a third-party site? Hmm. You guys are in... I mean, look, you're not going to get in trouble. Probably. I can't get into that. <laughs> okay. fair. But okay. probably not. But also, if I were a Capcom lawyer and I was not a cool dude, you would get mega busted. So good luck, everybody. Okay, <laughs> I, okay. Seriously, that's, that's the kind of thing that I think is so cool. I would love to see more of. That's such a great example of people trying to make their thing that they've taken 
what they feel is ownership of mm -hmm. and make it even better. Love it. But but really, like copyright law is built to kill that. So. Ugh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving anyway. On. Yeah. But no, no, that's taking place. So cap for Marvel three. So thirty-two players yeah. and top, like cap top four of players. each game will be played on Sunday, the twenty-eighth. So you know that's available now. You can uh, you have to join the CEO Discord and register on Smash.gg, just like all of the online tournaments. Go to smashgg online. Only one O in there. CE online to register. All right. You go. Another tournament that's coming up ish, I guess, maybe a little longer than that, uh, is Evo Online. Yes. Registration is now open, and if you don't remember, there are three different regions North America, which is Mexico, US, Canada, then Japan slash South Korea, and I think it's literally just those two countries, and also Europe. And I haven't actually found a definition for what it considers Europe to be. I don't know if it's going to be all the way across the continent. Will it pick and choose? <laughs> I, I haven't seen it listed yet. Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. But you can start registering now. It's uh, it's up there. That is going to be... You can do so, I should say, on evo.shoryuken.com slash registration. Okay. And see what's up. The first of those is fight, Them's Fighting Herds takes place on July 4th and 5th. The weekend after that, Skullgirls. Weekend after that is Killer Instinct. Weekend after that is Mortal Kombat. And then uh, all the tournaments will conclude on July 31st through August 2nd. There we go. All right. Okay. All right. And then we, oh, I guess we did briefly true? address this. Is that true that What's MK up? is not on the Korea-Japan region because those games were not sold over there? Oh, uh, I don't know, but that makes sense, yeah. Okay. I, I okay. haven't looked into that. Okay. I'm looking now. Yeah, sure enough. It's not. Them's Fighting Herd, Skullgirls, and Killer Instinct are available to play. Okay, got it. All right. There you go. Uh, and then we talked about the Polygon article briefly. There was a Polygon article that was about uh, black leaders in the FGC. Um, no black women, though, which is a bummer. But uh, anyway, make your own conclusions about the article. I'm glad that they at least addressed part of it, but I wish that it was more. Okay. And yeah. then... Uh, you wanted to talk about, or I guess you wanted me to talk about, maybe, the Twitch DMCA issues. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the things that frustrates me is I just played Street Fighter V online for the first time while playing my own background music like everybody else does, because, you know, I didn't have any intention of putting it on YouTube or anything like that. But then, all of a sudden, this came out, and so, what does that mean? We're not allowed to do this anymore, or, you know, what's the situation uh, before we talk about that, I just wanted to say condolences to Shin Maruku in the chat. It says that their cousin uh, passed away so yeah. from diabetes. That's that's tough. Oof. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sorry to hear that. That's that's bad news. Condolences, best wishes to the family. Yeah. Uh, as far as in response to your question, uh, copyright owners can kill the internet if they want to. I feel like I've said this many times, <laughs> right? <laughs> If they'd like to, copyright rights holders can destroy the internet. Uh, they could make it so that nobody can play games online. Uh, they could make it so that nobody can stream games online. They can make it so that nobody can uh, use videos online that they themselves haven't uploaded and have the rights to. Same thing with music. Right. Same thing with written stuff. 
And if you'd like to use a sample, you can't do that. If you if you have a meme that you'd like to show uh, on Twitter or whatever, if you have a TikTok that has a musical act in it, all of those could die right away mm-hmm, if, if mm-hmm. Right Soldiers wanted to. So we all exist online at Right Soldiers Whims, and Twitch has had rules in place for many years, as they're legally required to, that are about how they will deal with uh, takedown requests. So that's the legally mandated thing. You have to have a process for that if you're going to take advantage of what's called safe harbors that make it so that you will not be liable for copyright infringement that's happening on your site. So Twitch doesn't want to be sued directly for copyright infringement. That would be very expensive for them. They'd rather pass that off, uh, the risk off, onto the users. Of course. Which is yeah. very common. And in order to, to do that, they need to take advantage of certain... Uh, legal provisions and and be in accordance with certain legal provisions to take advantage of what are called safe harbors. They're safe from liability. Uh, Or they have... Yeah. So they have all these rules in place. What's different now, it seems, is that the rights holders themselves are being more active about it. And I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'm not sure exactly why that happened this week or last week, whenever it was. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on internally, but I do know that for rights holders who own the rights to like musical compositions, their business model is based on the number of plays that their stuff gets. So whether that is in radio, right? They'll get some amount of pay for each radio play. Or whether that's on Spotify or whether that's on even YouTube, if they have if the video's theirs, uh, they'll get paid per play, like some amount. Not well, not much, obviously, right? Very little, but that's their business model. So if you are using their thing in a way that isn't paying them, they're not going to be happy about right. that. That is separate from whether the artists themselves are happy about that, because the artists very commonly don't have control over those rights. They sign them away when they sign record deals. And so even if some musical act is like, hey, everybody, you totally use our songs on your streams, that's actually not good enough in many cases. You have to instead have permission from the actual rights holders, people who actually own the rights to the musical compositions or even sound recordings. Um, so that's that's stuff to to sort of ask them why they are doing it now, but they've certainly had the right to do that always. That's it's so because the crazy thing about it is, you know, like my musical tastes are not particularly mainstream. And so, like, a lot of the stuff that I was playing on my stream, people would be like, oh, what is that? That sounds really cool. I might be interested. It's like you're actually promoting, you know, (laughs) artists and stuff. It's good for the musical act many times because a recording artist mostly does not make most of their money through the sales of albums or digital downloads or whatever it is. It's pretty rare because, like I said, they often sign that away. Instead, they make more of their money touring or selling merch in some cases, although they often sign that away too, but it's mostly touring where they make more of their money. So right. they would love it if everybody heard their music and was like, wow, this is so great, i got to see this band in person. But that's not what makes the people who actually own the rights <laughs> money, right? <sighs> and so we have this bizarre situation in the music industry, and others too, where the people who make the thing have very different incentives than the people who own the thing. It's like that's like a fundamental feature of the economy. Describe somebody first uh, 150 years ago. Uh, it's like we've all known that for more than a century and a half. Uh, 
But that's what copyright does. It's built to do that. Copyright's not built to help out the little person. It's built to help out the big rights holder, and that's certainly what it does. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the conclusion is that, yeah, if rights holders want to, they can shut you down for doing anything. So, but they can shut you down for streaming with music that's in the game. They can shut you down for streaming music that's not in the game. They can shut you down for streaming the game, period, if they want. So, but the thing is, like, people said that now they've been getting a lot more, you know, takedown claims on their archives and things like that. I mean, we're just at a point right now where we just can't do that anymore then, right? We just can't stream with, with whatever music now unless we just delete our archives or even if we just stream with the music, we can get flagged and they might just try to kill our channel overall. Like, has that been happening to people? I'm not even sure. So I'm not aware of them having, or at least having done, live takedowns. The rumor is that they have that technical capability. I don't know if that's right, but that's certainly been a rumor going around. Okay. But what's actually happened is that they've been taking down clips and archives, yeah. And going back, in some cases, many years. So, uh, Twitch apparently is working on a way for you to delete more of your clips and archives or whatever, so... Huh. Yeah, because like you know, some people are saying on the chat, like you know Tony Hawk Pro Skater, when it when the remake comes out, it obviously uses commercial music. You know, if you play mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto, you've got a lot of commercial music on the radios for the cars and everything like that. So mm -hmm. you know, it's how is that going to be handled and everything? It's going to be a uh... well, maybe those games have negotiated for the rights to let people use their right. soundtracks. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's certainly a legal thing to do. I doubt it, though. Dude, Kraken... It doesn't, doesn't seem very likely to me. Dude, but maybe. Kraken, uh, David and I used to pull up a public uh, jazz station, like a public domain jazz station that only played jazz music that was part of public domain. And we still yeah. got notifications on YouTube saying, yo, you, this thing, you can't use this and da 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 da. And yeah. we we're like, what? This is like literally public domain music now. Yeah, so yeah. it definitely it's happened. It's music that's so old that the copyright that used to be on it has expired. Uh-huh. And yeah, that's in the US, that's like early 1920s. <laughs> So these are, these are automated copyright search algorithms that yeah. are looking for stuff. And they're wrong a lot of the time. I don't know what percentage, but like a lot. But that's not what matters, right? If you're the rights holder, you would rather shut down more than less, right? You'd rather err on the side of shutting down right. more streams because you don't mm -hmm. care. It's not making you any money. Who cares? So that's what they do. And huh. what the law is supposed to be is that you're not... You're supposed to not be allowed to file a false takedown request. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to do? Say that you're, you're Joe Schmo YouTube or Twitch and a Sony or whatever <laughs> like sends a takedown notice to you and it's wrong. Because actually that's your music. You made that. Right. And you uploaded it. You have the rights. You know it. What are you going to do? Are you going to sue Sony? Like, right. It's absurd, right? You have no power at all in that situation. Ugh. All right. So, in other words, All right, anyway, don't stream like don't said, stream anything with my, Don't stream anything with commercial music anymore. So, there you go. That said, maybe do it and don't care. Uh, I don't know. Right. Whatever, right? Fundamentally, it's your choice. I don't know how likely it is that you're going to get get got, but some people have gotten got. Mm. By the way, I've also seen people get got on Twitter just recently. Perfect Legend said that he got a takedown uh, notice on Twitter for some Ooh. like 10 second clip that he posted. 
the hell? So, Are you serious? Heads up to everybody. Oh my god, what the hell? People, I mean, like I said, the more viral like those clips go, the more people ask, what's that song? And then there's more potential for people to buy that song, right? Do they that just... just doesn't matter to the people who make money on each individual play. That just... Yes, are, you, are, you, are they idiots? Yeah. Are they from... Is it a 1900s mentality? Yes. Are some of those executives the same people who've been in control since 1972 or whatever? Yeah. For sure. It's so dumb. But Do they not see? That's the law. Sorry, everybody. Like you, you know. And the thing about it is, it's so much easier to buy one song these days than it ever has been. So you having one song go viral, you know, benefits you in a lot of ways because then more people would be willing just to go buy that one song, you know, from from wherever. Ugh. Does video game music count? Sure. It's copyrighted in a similar way. Uh, and especially so if it's put out as a, a, like its own musical track, which is pretty common. Uh, but even if you're playing it in the game, if you're playing the game on stream and the game is playing the game's music on stream, sure, that might count. Now, I think it's unlikely that most game rights holders are going to shut down right. streams on Twitch. Mm -hmm. They've been able to do that for a decade, and they mostly haven't, right? Some exceptions, but mostly have not. They are people who tend to be cooler with that. They understand that it's a little bit more about marketing. Um, but if it's a game that, like, some people have talked about uh, rhythm games or, or we're talking about, like, GTA earlier, games that have licensed music in it, those are games that are probably a little little riskier to use on stream, I would say. Right. Okay. <sighs> it's annoying. And it's so crazy, too, because, you know... Yeah. You, you, I start to think about it sometimes, like, was Shazam created with good intentions or was Shazam created with bad intentions? Because, <laughs> you know, that's the technology that, that has allowed everyone to automate this kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <sighs> was that I remember back in, in uh, my Master of Laws program, which I did uh, in media law at UCLA, one of my professors was a fancy music lawyer and his clients were like Britney Spears and stuff like he's a very high-powered guy mm -hmm. and there was one day when we were talking about the future and he was like hey everybody the future is going to be subscription services this was in 2009 I guess mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like they had just started one thing and it was like not going that great so far and I was like why would anybody subscribe in just a few years, we'll be able to hold the entire discography of humanity like in our hand, in uh -huh. like a like a couple of terabytes, right? right. Of data. Why wouldn't anybody just just like sell your, the five terabytes of data that will be like all songs ever made, mm -hmm. and just carry it around? Why would you need subscriptions? Every music of it. Uh -huh. I was wrong, right? People, people <laughs> want subscriptions for whatever reason. There, uh -huh. there it is. There. Mm -hmm. You all are feeding into that, so congratulations to everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all the same thing, Axiomish. You know, facial recognition, all that stuff. So, you know, what Facebook is doing with recognizing faces and tagging people and stuff like that, you're all just feeding into that. And so that's why I wonder now if Shazam was done with good intentions. Was it intentionally done so that, you know, you people could train it so that the music industry could now use it for takedowns and things like that? It's... Ugh. To be clear, S. Wild, I was not talking about 
an item that would have cost at retail. <laughs> that was not my point. There, there. I, this is something I've often said. You should pay for the things that you care about. So if you really care about music, you should pay for it. Mm -hmm. I, I subscribe to people who do like podcasts and I buy books all the time. There are things that I care about that I definitely try to support. There are things I don't care about very much and I don't think much about supporting the people because it just doesn't matter that much to me. But yeah, for the things that you care about, like I subscribe to people on Twitch because that matters to me. Like, right. But, you know, I mean, it's not something you care about too much. One of the things that I've done in the past is like, I'll be like, I don't know if I like this thing or not. And then, you know, I'll obtain it through shady means or whatever like that. And then I'm like, you know what? I really like this. And then I go and I start to support them, <laughs> you know? And if I didn't have that option in the first place, I may have never gotten into them. I probably wouldn't have tried, you know? So mm -hmm. it's it's weird. It's like people have to understand that. What What's hard for a lot of people at the top to understand, the business owners and everything like that, is that... People want to support things they like. You know, that's yeah. the way the whole Kickstarter model works and, 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 yeah, and subscriptions totally. and all these things like that. And people at, at the top are so worried that if they give every way, everything away for free, then everybody will be like, ha-ha, free, and no one will spend any money anymore. But if you're a big fan of, say, group here, like if you're a fan of, you know, uh, Rage Against the Machine before you found out they were political, you know, like you would get their music and then you would buy a bunch of their stuff, go see their concerts, you know, they would come out with a special edition vinyl that you would pick up and everything, you know, you, you do it because you support them because you like it, you know, we have that idea, we do that with the artists that we're fans of, yeah. Etsy's, you know, Patreons and things like that. Mm -hmm. People are giving money to other people because they like each other's work. And that's that's a system that exists and it, and it, and it can happen. And people just have to start learning about that, understand it. That's all. Well, we'll see if that ever happens. Yeah. All right. Hey, man. I'm playing video games again. Are you playing video games again? What's I'm going to start playing video games again, yeah, for sure. Like I said, yes. I'm going to bust out the Tetris and all this stuff. And i even been playing a little bit more Tepin again recently. But that's also because I'm excited that a new season's finally coming out. So, Ooh, new Milia and Zato gameplay next week. Ooh, I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, Does copyright apply overseas? Yeah, usually. Whether the local government enforces it is a different question, usually, but... Yeah, there are treaties that apply to most countries in the world that set minimum standards. I don't know specifically if, in your case, in, in Thailand, I don't know if that's the same there, but um, yeah, in general, that's true. I don't know whether it's enforced locally, though. It's a different question. <sighs> uh, yeah, man, I've been uh, playing again. I started playing Street Fighter and Mortal over the last couple of days, which has felt good. And I wasn't as much of a bum as I thought I was going to be. I really thought I was going to sign on to, like, especially MK, and just be, like, the worst ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not great. Okay. But also, I'm not the worst ever, which is encouraging. <laughs> you know, I kept a little bit more of the knowledge than I thought that I did. Yeah. I mean, my whole my whole drive to get to Diamond in Street Fighter V, and I finally got there, uh, I'm kind of at this point right now where I feel like I kind of need a break from fighting games for a little bit, so I might actually... I mean, if I do stuff, maybe I'll do them's fight and herd story modes or trials or something like that yeah, on stream. Cool. But uh, otherwise, I, you know, try out RoboCop, because like I said, I want to try out RoboCop. 
but outside of that, I might actually start streaming some one-player stuff. I might like start some Final Fantasy 15 or something crazy like cool. that, you know, and uh, start playing other games. Like I said, I'm going to be doing some Tetris stuff just because I need to, just because I need to feel like I need to chill just a little bit. So that's my current goal. Showbiz is to get to master. I was there before, and then I started playing a lot of Dalsum, and I went way down. And I'm most of the way back. So that, that'll probably happen. Yeah. Not too long from now, I guess. Takes a lot of work, man. Getting to Diamond and then getting to Master. Getting to Master is like more points than it takes from Diamond than to get to Diamond, I think. You know, it's it's crazy. I think it's 30,000, if I recall correctly. Yeah, something. something like that. So, yeah, so it might even be just as many points. And you're going to be fighting nothing but better players. So that's that's really hard to do. Oh, I was there before. I'm sure I can get back. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, anything else to talk about? Oh, uh, thanks to Richard for the sub, dude. Much oh, yeah, yeah, of course. For 58 months, by the way. So yeah, almost five years now. Wow. Almost five Amazing. years. You're going to have to create more badges for Ultra Chen TV. I think we still yeah. are only sitting on like three badges or something. But yeah, like I said, I'm playing Teppin. They're finally coming out with a new uh, mechanic in the next uh, update. And uh, after two months of no updates, uh, they're finally taking advantage of the tribes that all the cards have been listed on forever. Uh, all the cards have been like, oh, it's a monster tribe, machine tribe, human tribe. And they're finally going to start utilizing that in the next, uh, the, next, the next season. So that's actually kind of neat. We'll see how it plays out. All right. All righty. Well, you want to skedaddle then? Yeah, okay. <laughs> but glad glad to have back and like you said, yeah. next week we'll try to do our best to get a bunch of people on here so we can, you know, talk more about the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that. But remember, you know, definitely keep in mind Black Lives Matter and uh you know, do what you can to help support it. Support the movement. Sounds great. Okay. All right. All right, let's roll. Uh, Tom, the oh god, David has turned into a window. Uh, hang on. Uh, there we go. There we go. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Back on schedule. <laughs>